Welcome to the BRP Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Haley, and I'm here from the Berwick Studios. That's right, the pool room studios at the Berwick Mansion. I am happy to say that this pod is happening. Um, I think you'll understand in a couple seconds why I say that. I have fucked up. So I'm just going to come right out, get the guilt out there before Michael even comes in. Speaking of Michael, my feather-haired friend, here he is. How are you today, sir? I got a haircut. Oh, you, you know, you actually, I can see <laughs> on the Google feed right now. And despite Not my, that feathered anymore. Yeah, despite being a little bit discombobulated on my end, I am just now realizing that you did get a haircut. It looks beautiful, man. It's really nice. Thanks. You should probably no, I'm not going back to that barber because they did something right. It's not a barber. It's a hairstylist. Men and you know what i what are you talking well about? i don't because i don't have a hair that a barber would cut i went to a barber one time like the first time i smoked weed and it was weird um but i always think about my hairstylist because i've got i've gone to her since i was like a teenager did and every time you're pa- like did he take your pants off is that what happened? no it wasn't weird like that oh. it just tickled um but <laughs> <laughs> the whenever you talk about you know the hairstylist and the bartenders the secret keepers of the community That's like, right. this lady this lady knows more about me than like some of my friends you know well, just because she's been cutting my hair for so long so you have such but no, you have such beautiful hair it makes sense that you're too good to go to a barber you know what i mean <laughs> i just you'd have to go to a hairstylist I just don't, I just, anyway, I usually wear it longer, but no, I'm not going to give you too much trouble tonight. Steve fell asleep. I was like texting him like, Hey man, are you ready to go? And he just isn't responding, but I'm not going to give you too much grief because, um, episode 11, I almost didn't make that yeah. because you called, thank God Justin was in town with me because you called him and he runs out and he's like, Hey Michael, are you supposed to be at Steve's house? And I was like, Oh fuck. <laughs> so, well, so we'll just let this one slide. Well, listen, I'm going to admit my guilt seeing as how we've already teased it. So I was just, you know, I've had a crazy couple weeks of work. I've been working like crazy. I've been working at the bar on the weekend. So I've been, I've just been grinding and burning the candle at both ends. Okay. And so I decided before we got into the pod, so I could bring you people, all the regular energy that I come onto this pod with. Um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a quick 15 minute power nap, close the old eyes, rest recharged and come back out the gates hot. 45 minutes later, our guest is sitting on my front porch. She's about to Uber and go home. I, I feel terrible. I'm not responding to any of her calls, right? I'm or mine through, or mine for that. I'm matter. sleeping through my alarms. And finally, uh, I, I, Michael calls, <laughs> I pick up. And I realized, you know, that feeling that we all get when we realize that we woke up late, I have fucked up. So yeah, but I, you're, you were so nonchalant. You're like, oh, hey, buddy, what's up? And well, I'm like, I didn't what's up, admit, man? You're like, I didn't oh, fuck, what time is it? <laughs> I didn't want to admit it. I wanted to be like, ah, oh, fuck, fuck. Can I weasel oh, my way Jesus. out of this situation? And then once yeah. I look down, I'm like, man, we're a half an hour past our start time. Um, let me see if the guest is even still here. Thank God she is. You know why? She's a fucking trooper. And you guys are going to get to hear some amazing stories and get to meet her tonight. Cannot wait to get into that. Mike, if there's nothing else that you have teed up, I think we're ready to get right into it. Well, just the, only because of when this is going to be released, <clears throat> I'm actually going to be in Vegas. So the Monday that this is released, if you're listening to this today, the day of its release, I'm actually in Vegas right now for SEMA, an automotive show for our company. Um, I guess the only point is, if there's any, you know, if anybody out there knows anybody in Vegas or knows any bartenders in Vegas, I'm going to be bringing my setup. So I'm going to see if I can potentially, you know, find somebody to interview while I'm out there. Steve was supposed to come and he, he backed out. So 
but I'll be there. We're get, we're getting better at doing this remote thing. So if does anybody it, knows of any, does it sound what? after the story that I just told that I'm ready for Vegas? Are you serious? Dude, we would. You it would have been so sprinkle, much fun. You think I can sprink, sprinkle Vegas on top of the bullshit that's already occurring? In it would have been. It would have been so much fun. Oh. You know what? I'm gonna. If, if you didn't make it to Vegas this time, Next then I'm gonna year. hold you. We got to. We're we're gonna go to Mardi Gras in March to go see Trent. Pumped to do that, man. That's that's yeah. an absolute guarantee. We're gonna make that happen. But no, listen. If anybody's listening from Vegas, email us. Mike would love to interview you. We'd love to get on. And make that happen while Mike's in town for for the SEMA conference. If you know people in Vegas, please hit us up. We, you know, one of the cool things about this pod is we are trying to kind of expand around the country and internationally. And we would love to get um, a bartender or server who could represent such an awesome bartending, you know, hospitality town like Vegas. So if you're out there, City baby, if you're interested, let's get you on. Let's talk shop about uh, everything uh, everything that Vegas has to offer. Anyway, without further ado, let's get right into it. We have an incredible guest tonight. It's Meredith House, and she has brought with us uh, French 75s, a little bit of sophistication to the pod. We're going to class it up a little bit tonight. So um, no more stalling, no more sleeping. Uh, Let's get right into it. All right, guys, we have Meredith House here tonight, one of my favorite bartenders, a great coworker of mine. Happy to have her on the pod, Meredith. Thank you for joining us. Hey guys, thank you. Happy to be here. It's going to be a blast. What I, you know, I have to tell you, you're a very brave uh, person to do this. Uh, Meredith knows Val. And so she's listened to Val's episode. She listened to the shit that we put Val through and she still came on. So that's a testament to her. Well, I didn't listen to the whole podcast just a little bit. So now I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah, so at the, at the end, we actually beat the shit out of Val. You know, I, I don't, that's why he didn't come into work for a couple of weeks. He was, you know, he's licking his wounds, but, um, no, I'm so happy to have you on, and uh, thank you. Thank you so much for bringing, again, a little bit of class to the episode. We got some champagne. We got some gin tonight. We've done, Mike, we've done some gin cocktails, right? But nothing mm-hmm. nothing quite this fancy before. This is the first champagne, so first first bottle pop on the podcast. Yeah, so. wow. Wow. I, I, now I feel bad because I did pop <laughs> the cork out of the champagne. Well, it's all right because I got one. That's a good thing. I got one. I actually like, even though I am a bartender, I have a big fear of popping champagne bottles. I'm scared the the cork is mm-hmm. gonna hit me in the face. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up because, I mean, everybody sees, like, if you're a bartender, you've dealt with this. But if you're not, everybody sees videos of people grabbing the champagne bottle by the neck and then using their thumbs to push it. And, you know, the cork goes flying and everybody cheers. Like, don't do that. You you were asking for trouble. I worked with a lady who tried to do that while she was serving a table, popped the cork, hit her right in the eye and detached her fucking retina. Yeah. Like, it was a whole thing. And she had, it was, it was quite a problem. What you do is you grab it by your non-dominant hand around the neck. You grab the cork and you twist and pull up. That's yeah. how you open it. You got to cap. That way you can you can you can control it as right. it pops out. Right now, to your point, here, to your point yeah, there about uh, the lady shooting herself in the eye. If you ever mm-hmm. need, you know, if you're ever down on yourself, if you've ever slept through a podcast and made two people wait, or you know, done something else really stupid, um, you know what really helps to lift your spirits? Hop on YouTube and just type in champagne fails and what you'll get to watch are people shooting themselves and others in the eye with champagne bottles and it is uh, let me tell you it'll, it'll completely turn your day around it really will all right well since since steve since you already popped it i'll go ahead and i'm gonna just just listen to this sweet asmr are you ready oops 
There it is. Dude, if he shot himself All in the right. face right then, oh my god. Mm. If he knocked himself no, out you. and we couldn't continue, that would have been Grab the neck by it. your non-dominant hand, grab the top of the cork, and twist and pull up. So that's for, how you do it. So right? for all of you listeners uh, that are con- uh, you know confused about non-dominant, that's the hand that Mike doesn't jerk off with. Okay. Um, <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> Mike does yeah, like that's the stuff. that's the, that's the stranger, right? You yeah. sleep on you you lay on it for a little while. <laughs> hey, you know you know what the, you know what the other problem with champagne is. Like what? once you pop the bottle, you can't put the cork back in, so you have to drink the whole thing. Oh, that's doesn't love about it. What are you talking uh, about? <laughs> I mean, I'm, just, you. That's not a I'm not. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm just you know I'm, I don't want to be wasteful. I'm just a know? champagne drinker, right? <laughs> um. You know, I do find, and, and maybe Meredith, you can chime in on this, but I, I do find that um, uh, if I if I'm not working, right, if I'm not at a commercial bar and champagne comes up, right, which is usually just like New Year's, maybe Christmas, handful of other like birthday parties, things Bachelor, like that. Bachelorette parties, yeah. Fifty yeah. percent of the champagne ends up getting sprayed all over the floor because there's so mm-hmm. it's so much fun to put that thumb in the top of the bottle and just go full fire hose on everybody. Yeah. For sure. Well, that's why whenever I go anywhere for like a party, like a bachelorette party, I always bring like a bottle for myself and then a bottle for them to do that. A bottle for spraying. A bottle, a spray bottle. <laughs> bottle for drinking. And then we have a, a, another. So we never run out because that's how important now, it is. Now, Meredith, I've got a question about that process. Do they know about the other bottle? No, I hide it. It's mostly for yeah, me. Yeah, okay. They can, exactly. they can spray their that's bottle, fair. but then I get mine. And then if they want to have yep. some more, they can have it. Yes. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um. All right. Well, listen. You know, we're gonna we're gonna kind of get right into it here. So, um, first things first. Why don't you um, make us up, you and I, some French seventy fives? And while you're doing that, I'm gonna give a little bit of background on the drink. Um, so, do, is there anything else you need? No, we're all set. Okay, cool. So why don't you want to you want to tell first? the listeners? Yeah, you want to have the listeners tell them the uh, ingredient list first. Yeah, what you um, so Meredith, how do you make yours? You kind of go classic old school, right? There's no like like uh, specialty twist on it. It's like really the the classic recipe, right? Yeah, you know, I kind of just do it how I feel. A lot of people like the flavor of gin. Um, you can make it with lots of um, different types of gin. One of my favorites is to make it with an elderflower gin, uh, Saint Germain. Mm. Um, that's, yeah. Yeah. Um, so depends on what flavor you're really interested in. Some people like it really sweet. Some people really like the the bitterness of the gin. Um, I kind of like it a little sweeter. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And and I think that's that Saint Germain, that would be a nice twist to this. So I, I I do know, like, so this is uh, a drink that my sister loves to make and she always puts Saint Germain in it. It's her like you know, her little addition on top of the classic French 75. So um, I, I think uh, Meredith is right. If you don't, if you don't have a good elderflower uh, gin, you know, you can add St. Germain to it, but most botanical gins, um, things like, you know, Bombay Sapphire, um, you know, or if you're a Baltimore listener, you know, some of the shock tower gin options. Oh, yeah. um, and it's, Anytime you you see a gin that says botanical on the label or says, you know, it has elderflower, some of the floral um, uh, flavor notes, that's going to be an awesome thing to pair with this. It just it uh, it brightens up the champagne. Obviously, this recipe has a little bit of lemon juice. So um, just to really quickly run through the classic recipe, it's going to be about an ounce, you know, ounce and a half of gin. It's going to be about two to three ounces of champagne, depending on how much you like. Um, a little bit of simple syrup, 
Yeah, half ounce of simple syrup, half ounce of lemon juice for yeah. a squeeze. Yeah. Now, now I don't know about you, Mike. I like extra lemon because I really like that zesty, zesty um, uh, taste to to this drink. So. Um, yeah, well, and this is another one where it's garnished with the lemon twist. So this is another good opportunity to take that lemon twist before you garnish it and run it around the rim of the drink. So that way you get the, the, the initial pop of the zest. Yeah. And this is another one of these classic, classic cocktails. I mean, it dates back to World War One. It was – I'll let Meredith shake this up a little bit first. Go ahead. Beautiful. Lovely. Lovely. Um. Yeah, no, it goes back to World War One. I. I mean, we're you know the first time it it really uh, becomes famous. I I would say on the scene of the bar scene, it, it's simultaneous. Actually, it's it pops up in New York and Paris at the same time, and a lot of it is credited to World War One. This interaction between U.S. and European soldiers going back and forth um, from continent to continent, sharing recipes, sharing drinks. Um, a lot of people, you know, obviously say the roots of this drink um, go go deep, deeper into like French and Parisian bar commercial bars that go back into the 1800s. Yeah. Well, yeah, with the with the champagne, uh, that would make sense. But but the the first person to ever actually make it popular is a guy named Harry McElhoney. And um, he ran a bar in New York called Harry's New York Bar. It's a famous bar at the turn of the century, shut down in the 40s and 50s. Um, but it was a combination, uh, you know, of a nice sweet champagne with a liquor kick to give it, uh, you know, a little bit more of a boost. So it was supposed to be a celebratory drink with the champagne, but something that would get a soldier drunk. That was kind of that was kind of like the idea. And, and a lot of people think that the original name is uh, derived from the type of shell casing that the French used at the time, called a French seventy-five millimeter gun. It was like a big, hmm. like mortar gun. Um, okay. So that that's where that's apparently cool. the the original name, the French seventy-five, came from, because it, it really cool. has deep roots with the military, which I I mm-hmm. found fascinating with the champagne. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, right. in France, you got those too, mixed up. When you drink a French 75 or if you order one, that's how everyone knows you're ready to party. Is that right? Yeah. It's like an unspoken right, thing. The war is over. Yeah. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. <laughs> oh, that's outstanding. That is good. That that would be a good uh, that would be a good brunch drink too. Oh, it's great for brunch. It it absolutely yeah. is. You know, it's it, there. There are certain combinations of alcohol and liqueur and um, citrus in particular that really just they like rush in your mouth when you put it on your tongue. This is one of them: champagne and lemon mm. juice together. Oh my yeah. god, mm-hmm. it's a ma- I, I I don't know why we've gone so far down this mimosa hole in America <laughs> and just in the world. Like mimosa is apparently the only drink we can drink with champagne in it, but this is fantastic. I. There's something about the orange juice that's maybe like it's just too overwhelming for me. It's not a flavor that really mixes well, and I like the subtlety of the lemon juice where it says that zest, and then it you get the rush of the bubbles. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm such a fan of bubbles when it comes to uh, a drink. I don't know why. I think it's just like the refreshingness, um, and um, especially with the French 75, I really love that like it has. <laughs> It has all of this alcohol in it, and you really can't taste it. And I think that's my favorite part, is yeah. it's just, you know, really flavorful and packs a punch. It's fantastic, too. You know, you don't think of a drink with champagne being a drink that's subtle on alcohol, but it absolutely is. It mm. is. It's the sweetness and the citrus and everything together. Like, I, champagne's one of those uh, 
types of alcohol where it's kind of like tequila, right? People either like the shittiest thing that they can get or the best thing they can get. And most of everything in between is pretty bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so like we're not working with a great champagne tonight. I think I got La, La Roca, which is like a, a, a like a Spanish sparkling wine. It's not even mm-hmm. quote unquote a French champagne. You know, I just yeah. got that by at my local liquor store. But, you know, one of the things, Mike, I've been thinking about doing with this pod is I think when we introduce the ingredients list, um, kind of like we were talking on Trent's episode um, uh, with the Mezcal, is really giving people an idea of what they can buy to make these drinks at their local liquor mm-hmm. store, what they can afford. So this entire ingredients list, <clears throat> the cool thing about it, 30 bucks. Seriously, the gin, the champagne, lemons and, and, and sugar, the entire ingredients list, 30 bucks. And I bet we could make probably 20 of these, right? Yeah, now. for sure. You know what I mean? And another aspect of that, Let's see. that I really love. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to, I want you to find out, Mike, cause I really don't want to have to, to go through the gauntlet. I'm 10 dude, shots I'm, deep I'm on you. 25th episode. I'm, I'm, dr- I'm drinking all the champagne tonight. I'm telling you that right <laughs> now. So, there you go. so I'll go, I'll go there with you. Cool. <laughs> um, but another thing I really love about this too is especially being a bartender, sometimes I go into places and I feel guilty ordering like really complex drinks, you know, depending on what place you're in. You know, if you go to a cocktail bar, you know, obviously you don't feel bad about that. But, you know, if you're yeah. going to like a so-so place, um, a lot of times when you order a French 75, it's popular enough that people are going to know the ingredients are always there and it really doesn't like inconvenience the bartender too much. No. But it's also something that tastes delicious and is sophisticated and different. It's funny. Yeah, and quite fr- – go ahead. I was just going to say, quite frankly, whenever I was bartending, I loved when I got to open champagne bottles. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just, just for the silly little thing, that pop just got to open one every time. So. Yeah. You, know, you know, it's funny. We were just talking about this on the last pod about um, – you know, don't kill me when I'm weeded. Like you drink a Heineken. Okay. I know you might want mm-hmm. like a gin fizz right now, but let's be reasonable. Yeah. Help me out. Um, but at the same time, every bartender who's worth their salt has to love like a simple three part, four part drink, like a Negroni, a Boulevardier, you know, um, a drink like this, that's so simple to throw together. And it's not going to be like anything else you drink. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you can't recreate this with like another alcohol or, you know, you don't have the champagne and you don't have either the gin or that kind of floral quality to it. There's no way to, to, to kind of recreate this on the palate. So I, I love simple drinks that become like a whole experience. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. We've gone way deep into the French 75. And, I don't think, <laughs> and it, sound, it sounds like the three of us could talk champagne all night and probably get a little too bubbly to uh, continue. But um, uh no, I, I want to just keep us moving into the meat of this podcast because I want to get you into the gauntlet here. And Meredith's been so kind with her time and not to mention we're 45 minutes behind schedule. So, um, <laughs> no, we're fine. You know, we also don't need another three hour episode. <laughs> yeah. Our, our last episode went three hours. It was a combination of our bartender what had been bartending in New Orleans for 10 years. And so oh this my guy, God. yeah, this so guy, this guy had some stories. Uh, number two, he was a character, and number three, um, we were drinking mezcal the entire time. Oh, oh, and by the way, yeah, yeah. By the way, after after we stopped recording, we stayed up till three, and I ate the worm. So, did you really? Yeah. No, you did. You didn't eat the. Worm. I swear to God, you can you can message Trent. We stayed up till three talking. He's he's a cool guy, man. I, I really enjoyed hanging out. With did him. you poop the worm? Well, I'm assuming at some point. I'm sure my body digested it. I'm sorry. What was that, Meredith? Can you confirm that you pooped the worm? 
I mean, I guess no. I can't confirm it. I'm assuming everything seems to be working all you know right. What that means right. It's taken root deep inside yeah, of him. Yeah, growing inside of him. His, he's going to grow an agave plant in his gut. He's going to start shitting mezcal. No, you're just going to drop all kinds of weight. It's like a parasite. <laughs> Dude, you're going to be beautiful. You don't even yeah, have to work out it. I'm going to be. I'm, I'm going to be. Steve, oh, I'm go sorry. fuck yourself. More beautiful. Jesus more beautiful. Christ. All right, to all of our I'm listeners asshole. out there, uh, if you want to get on the BRP winter diet, just drink yourself some mezcal. <laughs> Slug that blue agave worm down, you know, and let him do his magic. So um, you'll shed 10 pounds by Christmas. Um, all right. Uh, so the first category we always start out with is our drinking, right? So, you know, everybody our age and you and I work in the same business. We're both in media, you know, besides being bartenders on the side. You know, we both work in marketing and everybody's trying to flex, right? Like, here's my career. Check it out. I'm awesome. Look at me. Yeah. This is your drinking. Right. So tell me a little bit about your service industry history and experience. Like, how did you get into the business? What's the extent of your service experience and, and where are you now? Are you still working in the business and kind of what position do you hold? Yeah, for sure. So I guess I'll start off. Um, I started in the industry when I was like 17, uh, as most of us or a few of us kind of do. We start off kind of young. Um, mm-hmm. My first job was at Casey's uh, on Joppa Road. Uh, a gas station, right? <laughs> what? Uh, so, so, all right. I'm gonna bridge the gap here. Thank you. I'm gonna bridge the gap here. <laughs> in the Midwest and in the like central plains. Oh, area. In, the, in the in the plains. So, Mike Michael is in. Kansas. I'm from the plains. Michael's in Kansas right now. Okay. Oh, okay. And in the in the Midwest and the plains in the Northwest. <laughs> There is a gas station called Casey's that is very well known for making pizza as well. Okay. And I guess you guys do sell alcohol in like like in gas stations. Yes, they do. Yes. Okay. So one of one of my favorite podcasts of all time is run by these two comedians, Cy Amundsen and um, uh, Chad Daniels. And Chad and Cy are both from Minnesota. And so all the time on the show, if you know anything about uh, Middle of Somewhere, which is the Southern Pod's great podcast. Chad is a son of a bitch when it comes to um, putting up with stupid people. He just can't, he can't take it and he freaks out. In fact, I'm, I'm just going to tell you a little secret, Meredith. Chad reminds me a lot of my beautiful friend. Okay. Short fuse for people who are stupid. And um, Chad, Chad. Cons- it's, so- it's inconsiderate, I think is what it is. Not stupid. Yeah. It's inconsiderate Fine. people. Semantics. Okay. <laughs> One of the running themes on that show is Chad going to Casey's to buy pizzas for him and his family. Mm-hmm. And then never getting his order right. And him just like going down the rabbit hole of fuck you. Why can't you get my order right? This is insane. Going home, having to come back. And it, it's just, uh, it's always a total mess. So that's the only reason I know what Casey's is, is because of middle okay. of summer. But so now I'm going to bridge the gap the other way. <laughs> Mike, you, you know, Baltimore because you lived out here. We became great friends. But what you don't know is maybe some of the smaller local Baltimore, um, uh, staples and one of the one okay. of these places was this place in Baltimore County called Casey's, which for what a decade yeah. was a probably one of the best dive bars in Baltimore. I mean, it was the staple drinking hole of anybody from like Northeast Baltimore County, Parkville, 
what I, I would say Parkville, Towson. White Marsh, Towson, yeah, Perry Hall, Perry Hall, Perry Hall for sure, yeah. da- Overly, even farther, even farther south. It like, was it was Dosbier Hall before Dosbier Hall. Yeah, for sure. Place. Okay. Yeah. It, in, so no no gas service. What's no pizzas, no, no pizza, gas. No pizza, no gas. No pizza, no gas. All right, cool. No, but uh, um, it, you know, it's funny is a lot of our regulars at DOS and a lot, even a lot of our employees um, that I work with now, they are Casey's regulars or Casey's holdovers. And the stories that I hear from that place is pretty much um, debauchery. Uh, it's no rules. It's your classic dive bar that was on the fringes of being potentially like illegal at times, but, uh, something that people really, really love. So anyway, I'm going to let, I'm going to give it back to Meredith now. So her, her background, you said you started cases. I actually never knew this about you. Yeah. So here is me at 17. I'm hired at Casey's. Um, it was wild. Uh, if my parents knew like half of the stuff I was being exposed to as a server there, they would have literally never let me work there. And I got the job because my best friend's mom was friends with one of the owners. And, uh, that was like my first real like bar exposure. Really? Yeah. So, so wait, your friend's mom was one of the owners or knew one of the owners? Knew one of the owners. Knew I was like good owners. friends with them. Okay. And I was like, oh, I need to, like, you know, I just got a car. I need gas money. Right. And she was like, why don't you work at Casey's? And I was like, okay. Like, I wasn't, yeah, I was not prepared so, at all. <laughs> so you're you're actually catching me up to speed on a lot. Here's why. I've actually, and this is going to come and shock to you. I never went to Casey's one time. Oh, really? Never been. I had heard so many stories over the years. Um, in Casey's heyday, I was living uh, downtown with this motherfucker and some other friends and we were just so deep, deep, deep into the like north central Baltimore scene. And I know you know that. Well, too. we could walk. Yeah, we could walk to so many bars. So that, I don't blame you. That's Meredith's. Yeah. Scene. That's Meredith's scene too. That's she's a, too. she's a big Otto yeah, Bar. Okay, she's cool. a big, big Otto Bar fan. And you yeah, know, Otto we, Bar's fucking awesome. I lived at Otto Bar, CVP, the Diz. You know, the Diz. Oh yeah. my God, I love the Diz. Can't <laughs> you know, um, the Beatnik. Uh, yeah, Fod- we're just closed. Fod and yeah. Son and Clavel, like, and those are a little bit later in in the iteration, but still, um, you know, it's funny. I had heard as I'm, and I'm working in the city at the time, and I'm hearing from bartenders that live in Fells, that live in Canton, that live in Federal Hill. Well, yeah, there's this bar up Harford Road, Casey's, and this place slaps. <laughs> and I'm like, y'all going up Harford Road to some bar? <laughs> Fuck that, man. And little did I know that it was this uh, this happened in time. So um, I'm blown away. You, were, I didn't even know they had servers. Yeah. And you're working there at 17? 17. Bless your heart. Yeah. Lots of sexual harassment. <laughs> Lots of sexual harassment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably shouldn't laugh about that. But, you know. Yeah, I know. It's, a, it's an interesting response. <laughs> so, no, no. Um, so let me ask you this before we, before we kind of dig a little bit deeper. Did your parents ever come in and visit you? No. Okay. <laughs> did you fight against it or did you, did they just not come? I what? think they came in for like carry out, but I don't know. They, you know. You I, were not really motivated. No. no. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm busy. Like, don't come in. Like, whatever, you know. And all the, it was so great too, because a lot of the older servers are like my age now. And they were like telling me about their drama and like, I just felt so cool being like this young girl, like hanging out with like 
college girls. Doesn't it feel great? It was so cool. <laughs> they were like telling me like, there's this one story. Um, they told me about where they got stopped um, by a cop on the way home because they were drunk driving. Okay, I'm gonna time out right there. Yeah. Tease that. We're gonna get back to that. Story. Okay. Okay, we're gonna yeah. get back to that story because okay. that sounds like that sounds like it has some potential. Yeah, and I can relate because I still feel cool when I hang out with college girls. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I remember that first restaurant for me, Manny, Manny's Family Restaurant. I was 13 years old washing dishes in the back. And everybody else that worked there was like 21, 22. And they could all like drink. And they all their girlfriends in there. And they were all like smoking weed and like and, and cursing. Yeah, all the and, you thought it, and you thought it was cool until you saw that guy's balls going to the cream of crab soup. Well, right? yeah, that's true. But <laughs> and then you're like, you know, maybe this isn't a very healthy environment. You know, it's for funny. Me. <laughs> I, I should have left right then and there, but that was the tip of the iceberg. Or that was the, the what 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 did uh, Sam say? The dip of the iceberg. The, the dip of the iceberg. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, but it was. It, I I do know what you're talking about with that fascination. You know, uh, we talk all the time on the pod about people who have never been in the service industry that might be wanting to get in and kind of trying to give them some advice. Mm-hmm. One of the things that they should be ready for is if they do have the thick skin for it and they do have the sense of humor for it and they do have the work ethic for it, one of the things that you're going to realize early on that you're attracted to is the ridiculousness. Oh, yeah. You're going to meet somebody within like the first two weeks of working at wherever you're working that that person is damaged. And that person, <laughs> that person is a fucking character like you've never seen before. Yeah. And you know what's funny? At the tables, they're the sweetest girl or oh, guy in the world. Sure. They're all put together. And then when they come in the back, it's like, oh, my God, this person is a literal train wreck. And, and it's weird. You'd think you'd run from that. You'd think you'd see that and be like, no, that's not good. I should get out of this. I kind of did. But you're weirdly like more attracted to yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. Eventually, over time, this is fascinating. <laughs> so I, I hijacked you there. So you, you're you're serving at Casey's. You're 17. Where does it? How does it kind of progress from there? Well, I mean, just like I said, like I was the young one. I could drive, so a lot of times I was like giving my coworkers like rides home after they like got off work or like blackout drunk. Um, mm-hmm. I Casey's was also known for like serving underage. So I definitely got a few of my first experiences there. And it was awesome working there too. Cause like, I would like my friends and stuff from high school would be like, Mary, like, can we get into Casey's? And I'd be like, yeah, I know the bouncer. Like I know his first name. Like I know his baby's, <laughs> like his baby mama's name, like, I know, like all this stuff, you know? So that was so awesome. But, um, yeah, one time, uh, <laughs> some of the like older girl servers, they were driving home and they, um, I like come into work. And uh, they're they're like asleep at the bar, or like, you know, they had like look like they asleep had or passed out. Yeah, they looked like they hadn't really gotten a lot of sleep. And okay. I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, we got pulled over by a cop on the way home. We were drinking, and apparently they got out of a DUI because the cop knew the owner of Casey's, and the cop brought Dude. them back to Casey's and let them sleep. Wow. There. That that is a wow. real thing. So uh, one so of the diners. One of the diners, because the police are involved, even though we mentioned the name before, one of the diners that Steve and I worked at, and Steve yeah. will get, probably get to some of this at your on your episode, but they were we they would like literally feed the police officers free food all the time. Well, we were twenty four hours, right? So we were police yeah. officers, Steve. And yeah, yeah. and um, one of our coworkers got uh, pulled over drunk driving, and because they there was like this weird kind of like relationship with the with the diner that we were working at, they were like, get somebody out here to drive her 
asshole. And we'll tell that story later. But I just mean there is a weird relationship between bars and the police to where sometimes because they know the owners or the establishment, they'll try and help out, you know, potential coworkers from that place. So that, sure. that, that's a real thing. For sure. And that is... And know, by the way, I got I got Sybin here again and he's he's whining and everything. So he's uh, full. He's got a full tummy tonight. But I just want to just say that if you're hearing any weird sounds, I don't have anybody chained up here. So, so Sybin <laughs> is Mike's brother's dog. He is one of the most beautiful dogs in the world. Happy to have him on the pod again. Oh, there he is. Aww. Look at that big boy. Last time I was there, he and I had a full cuddle. He is a big boy. Yeah, he is a big uh, big German Shepherd. Last time I was uh, visiting you, Mike, him and I took one of the best naps ever. And yeah, uh, no, no, nobody rudely woke me up to do a podcast. So it was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was very. All right. Was, so Meredith, so so you really cut your teeth at Casey's. So where, where did you go from there? Um, so from there, I um, actually to kind of took like a little bit of a step back. I went and started working at Atwater's. Yeah. So yeah. another, another Baltimore staple. Another it's Baltimore like a, staple, yeah. Think of think of Panera Bread if it was just in your local hometown. Yeah. Okay. And it was really a great experience. Uh, definitely a lot more uh, chill. Yeah. For um, sure. But I learned a lot. Uh, I it's a really great um, restaurant group. Um, they, they have their own farm. They really do. Like I, I, you know, as somebody who's not a big patron of theirs. Yeah. I have to say, like. One of the most fantastically run restaurant groups ever. Like I've talked to so many people that work there. They've been trained well. They know about the food. They source their things well. They take incredible pride. Like you go into an Atwater's, there's a bunch of like teenage and early 20s kids that actually care to take the time to make the food to look nice and prep it right. And they, I don't know what it is. They have a fantastic food culture there. And they customer really and, and back of the house culture there. They really do. Yeah, it's it was a really great experience. I learned a lot about um like espresso and coffee, which okay. is something I love. So um I got to do some baristaing here and there and um definitely kinda like opened my eyes to like um different cuisines. Um they would have like all kinds of different sandwiches. Oh yeah, like, stuff the like soups. that. Oh my god, yeah, the soups. The soups are so Holy good. Shit. So yeah, I did that, which was uh not you know, not as crazy as working at Casey's and then um, I went to, co- I went to college park, um, and university of Maryland yeah, people, I got into university of Maryland. She's a Terp. I'm a Terp. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I had to pretty much kind of like get my way through school. And, uh, I ran into one of my best friends, uh, in math class and I didn't realize that she had transferred into Maryland and she's telling me about this job and she's like, yeah, you know, like I just sit on a golf cart. And I drive around and I give people drinks. And I'm like, what? Like, that's a thing? <laughs> that sounds incredible. I'm like, oh, uh, how, like, how much money do you make doing that? And, you know, she tells me, like, some ridiculous number. And I'm like, okay, well, can I, can I do that? And so that's how I became a University of Maryland golf course cart girl. <laughs> I, will tell you, I will tell you, if cart, if cart boys were as popular as cart girls, I would do that in, in a heart. Well, you're just going to the wrong golf course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that, I mean, I, you know, I had a, uh, my cousin for years was a caddy and he cleaned up. He made so much money caddying. He, he worked at this private course uh, called Medina outside Chicago and it's on the PGA tour. It's, you know, it's a very popular, um, uh, very prestigious golf course outside of Chicago. And this guy, you know, he would tell me about rounds that he would play where he'd make, 
you know, thousand dollar tip for caddying Jeez. guy for a rounder. He'd make two two grand mm-hmm. for caddying guy. Yeah, for just for just for caddying. Now, now sure. he was a legitimate competitive golfer, and so like caddying really goes down to you know. No. Recommend, recommending clubs, the, the layout of the yeah, lay, the layout of the course. Correct, yeah. correct. The cart girl life seems much better. It is drive <laughs> up, here's your beer, shut the fuck up, give me your money, and drive away. And you just get to basically go kart all day for money. It's it is the ultimate. Yeah, I like kept that job on the DL too. I was like, people are like, oh, like what do you do? Like you're always busy, blah blah blah. I'm like, don't worry about it. Like I didn't want anyone to find out. You know, trying to get in on my gig. I was like, you didn't want anybody else to come in and, and steal your steal your car girl game. I like that. I like yeah. that. It is it is one of those jobs where once they have to, you know, they don't do the car girls on like Mondays through Wednesdays, right? It's really the high pro, you know, the high uh, volume weekend type of golf For days. Sure. And so, uh, you know, at some point, very quickly, you have too many car girls, and I could see. I have to imagine. That somewhere in America, there's been a legitimate fisticuffs car girl fight where like two girls are like, this is my shit. This is my golf course. And like, and like, you know, two girls are like playing chicken with golf carts and they ram into each other and they jump off and they fight to the death. You know, that kind of thing. I have to assume that has to <laughs> had to have well, happened. I mean, we would split up the front and back. Oh, nice. So okay. I'm taking there really wasn't the much confrontation <laughs> unless we met in the middle. Okay. Then, then we like went, we fought, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We were all really cool. That's yeah. I would yeah. assume tight knit group there. Yeah. All right. Sure. So, so you're at the golf course for a while. How do you get back into like, like the classic, like bar scene? So, uh, another little story wrinkle, right? Yeah. So don't, don't use up too much of your stories here, by the way, because oh, I not. think we're going to get into some of this. <laughs> she, she looks confident. She's like, don't worry. She's I'm like, fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. No, no. I just, I, I, I just wanted to preface this is we definitely want to know. We definitely want to know, but this is, you know, <laughs> keep it macro, keep it, you know, big okay. background, yeah, big yeah. picture type of stuff. Go ahead. Sure. Um, well, then I pretty much went to DOS after that. Um, and how I got really? to DOS. Yeah. Um, I did. Pretty much right out of college, I went straight into DOS. Um, I did the golf the golf cart all four years. Um, and then the reason why I got my job at DOS was I, uh, my dad was their customer that they didn't want. But their fir- my dad was DOS's first customer that they didn't want. What do you mean? Yeah. So... My, I, I, my dad. I don't know. I don't know. What, she's looking at me. She knows. She's just listen to her. She's leading you. All yeah, right? but she's just looking, hold her hand. She, but you shut see, up and hold her hand. She's like nodding. Let her tell the story. She's like <laughs> nodding at me with approval. Like, yeah, you get it, right? I'm like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. She knows what she's doing, Steve. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> so what do you mean? So it was like a Wednesday night, and my dad was driving home from work, and he works construction, so it was late coming home. And he drives past DOS. They're not open yet, but he sees all the lights on and the TVs are on. Okay. And my dad's a nosy motherfucker. So <laughs> he, he's like, all right, I'm going there for a beer. Like, I, I'm getting my fucking beer on my way home. I'm tired. I want a beer. Whatever. Right. I earned it today. I yeah, I my earned ass it. Up. So he pulls up. He walks in. The door's unlocked. Scott, Mel, and Pip are all sitting there. And they're like, oh, sir, we're not open. And my dad's like, the TVs are on. You guys got taps on. I was like, I want a beer. And so they give them a beer, even though they're closed and they don't really? want to serve them. 
Yeah. That's well, the, and when you say closed, you mean that the restaurant had not officially opened no. yet, is what I'm understanding. Yeah, yeah. No, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So, because you're saying that, it, you know, DOS is obviously open in the evening. So, so this how, was a new establishment. Yeah. And he's like, I want to get a fucking beer. I, I love that. I love that initiative. <laughs> so, how do you parlay? And he got his fucking beer. So, there you go. How do you parlay this, or how does he parlay this into a job for his daughter? Well, I think that started the relationship with. You know, he was decent. He was decent to them. Yeah. You know, he could have he could have been like, "Where's my beer?" And they could have given it to him, and he could have been an asshole. But he was decent to them. Yeah. And that like was memorable, and they like like that was an anchor for you to get in there. Yeah. I've never heard this story. Yeah. This is the great thing about the pod. (laughs) We've been working together for what two years now? A long time. Yeah. yeah, About two and a half years. That's awesome. I had no idea. Yeah. So in your first and your last bartending gig, you basically got it through nepotism. Is that what I'm telling you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. I guess so. It's all right. I, I work for my dad right now. I'm not judging you. <laughs> yeah. Nepotism. It's not really a great word to chant, but, you know. <laughs> all right. So, um, you know, obviously, I can pr- kind of bridge the gap here at the end. Meredith is a fantastic bartender. She still works with me now. And does. So I know. Yeah, so I know not much nepotism there uh, because I did have to be doing a good job in order to keep being hired. For sure. It yeah, is fair, a, yeah. If there's ever been a meritocracy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no, no. no I'm not. Bu- I was just busting your balls. No, I'm not. If there's ever been a meritocracy in this business, it is DOS. And, um, you know, we've had a lot, of pe- a lot of people in the time that you and I have worked there come in, get hired. It doesn't work out. Either they can't pull their weight or. They're not a good teammate. Like, I remember if you um, remember, I guess it was the spring of this past year that one girl got hired and she worked two shifts <laughs> and she was in love with yeah. RGM. And she started talking all this crap about how, like, she wanted to, like, get with RGM and Gosh. why isn't he single and stuff like that. And she had just got, you remember this? Yeah. Right. She just got there. And so. Really, this this place is one of those uh, places we don't put up with drama. We don't put up with bullshit. Either you work hard and you're going to be a team player or you're out. And so, well, Steve, you work there, so they put up with some bullshit. Let's be real. Well, sure, sure. But, you know, (laughs) I haven't slept through a shift in at least a year. You know, know, it's been I'm not going to lie like I don't, but it's been a while. Um, This Sunday, though, we're 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 cruising for a bruising because uh, this Saturday night, I have a wedding followed up by a Halloween costume concert, and then Sunday morning, I open up at 9 a.m. So we're going to see oh, what happens. Oh, my gosh. I'm short <laughs> Oh, even better. We're yeah, short-staffed. We're definitely short-staffed. <laughs> Fantastic. So, um, I, not to... Well, you could have you been in Vegas, you motherfucker, so that's your fault. <laughs> not, you know, this is... Well, no, Vegas is the following week, isn't it? Well, I don't know. It can be every week. Yeah, you're an idiot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, not to bring your drink into a close, but I, I do know that this is like, so you're still a DOS now. Oh, yeah, that's it. You're, you're a DOS now. You're cruising. She's one of our best bartenders. So happy that I was able to convince her to come on the pod. Um, and obviously, you guys have heard from Val, who's also one of our other bartenders. So you get a little bit of a gist of, um, of what DOS is all about. But I'm excited here more from your perspective. So thank you kind of for sharing your background. We're going to hop right into our next section which is the real uh the real test of this podcast okay mike what do we call it the gauntlet the, the motherfucking gauntlet the motherfucking gauntlet that's right that's the top 10 questions we ask every one of our guests we're excited um to see how you do um and see uh what stories you have for us tonight so without further ado the gauntlet 
All right, Meredith, you ready? You feeling strong? Oh, come on, no. No, there's no reason to be nervous. You know, the great thing about the gauntlet is uh, you win, you lose, but there's never a wrong answer. It's just good content. It's just what is happening? Simon, knock it off here. Mike, what is happening? I'm sorry. Here? It's just, he's a whiner. Sit down. I'm going to be on, honest with you. It, it does. It, those, those noises sound vaguely sexual. It, it sounds like <laughs> he may be red rocketing your shin right now or something like that. And, um, no, he's just he's just bored. Oh. Did he eat tonight at least? <laughs> yes, I fed him. Oh, thank Christ. You know. Um, where is your brother, by the way? Why, why, why hasn't he come and claimed this dog? Because he's, uh, they're, they're doing, they're on their way back tomorrow. They're in a show in, uh, Odessa, Texas. Ah, I got you. I got you. Well, you're a good brother. You're a good brother. Well, I'm a good dog uncle. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, I, I know Simon's whining because he doesn't want us to stall anymore. He wants to get right into the gauntlet. Okay. That's it. He, He can't take it. So Meredith starting off first question, question one, pet peeves and misconceptions. All right. Give us some of your big pet peeves about the industry or misconceptions that people have about the service industry. So I would say uh, I pretty much have a pet peeve more than a misconception. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I think my biggest pet peeve is when you get to a table and they don't know what they want. Okay. And you're just sitting there and sitting there. So they've told you we're ready. To yes. Work, but they don't know. Exactly. Right. Yeah, they've indicated that they want service, but you're just sitting there. And then on top of it, if it's busy, then it's even worse because you're just sitting there and there's just this awkward silence. And it, it feels, you know, it probably only realistically lasts like 30 seconds. But, but in your like mind, <laughs> you're yeah. like, I have three, you know, three pages of orders to put in. I have 12 drinks to make. And you said you were ready. So <laughs> be ready. Why aren't you ordering? Yeah. Why aren't that's, you ordering? that's really, that's the crux of it. You said you were ready. Why, why the fuck am I standing here right yeah. now? So let me, let me ask you this. This is kind of a follow-up question here. Because one of my big pet peeves is the same thing. Is when people say, I'm ready. And then they go, what do we want? What do you like? What do you want? You know what I mean? They, they do those follow-up questions too. I'm ready. Um, when I'm swamped and I'm really busy and I have that scenario, uh, the same thing happens every time my toes start to curl down and they feel like they're digging through the bottom of my shoes into the floor. Uh, yeah, you just because, got a really, a really tight grin on your face, yeah, like lips like, curling. I start, like, to, mm, I start to, so phys- right I start to physically tighten and I got to be honest with you, if I'm gassy at the time, that's when I'm going to fart because I am clenching. <laughs> Like I am pressurizing everything, but, but specifically for me, it's the toes, like start to like, like I can feel them grinding through the bottom of my feet. Is there something you do? Because I've seen a lot of, I've known a lot of servers that will like, they'll take their pen. They'll like, they'll like, you know, they'll chew on their pen. They'll do something that, that they, as like a nervous tick to be like, I can't be here anymore. You're driving me crazy, you know, but they, they don't know how to express that to a customer. Do you have anything like that? I would say I just sigh. (sighs) (laughs) It's it's so subconscious that I don't even realize it, but it's like the most dramatic sigh that like you could not ignore it. (laughs) Do you ever get any reaction from that? Oh, I'm sure. And I feel bad after I'm like, oh shit, did I just do that? (laughs) Don't feel bad. It's so inadvertent. Don't feel bad. Right. It's so inadvertent. You can't even help yourself. Okay. (laughs) I like that. I like that. All right, question number two, best and worst tips. Okay, so I'll start off with my worst. Um, my worst tip uh, was a carryout order 
which, you know, you don't expect to be tipped super well in carryout to begin with. But they were really upset that their order um, was taking so long. And this actually happened at Casey's. And um, someone, like, aggressively put change down as the tip. Not not dollars, change. Okay, understandable. But they threw it down, like, so aggressively that some of it, like, hit me. It made it hail. I got hailed on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so I not only got tipped in quarters, but I also got hit with quarters at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not what you want. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the what's the best one? So um, the best one uh, is from the golf course. Uh, when I worked at the University of Maryland golf course, um, we would do uh, alumni fundraisers for uh, the athletics teams. So like all the previous players would come in. Um, and I was always requested for the men's lacrosse fundraiser. Oh my! Yeah. <laughs> so hold on, let's pause really quick. <laughs> let's pause really quick, just 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 briefly here, because um, you know we have a lot of listeners. I, let me rephrase that. We have some, yeah, we have some listeners. <laughs> we have some listeners, and um, uh, some of them are from Maryland and understand lacrosse culture, and some and some of them are from the rest of the country, including my co-host here and, and, and a lot of his, uh, close friends and family. Hey, to be fair, I don't understand any sport culture, so. No, that's fine. I'm actually Lacrosse not, is not special in my book, right, you and, know, compared to anything else. And that's great. I'm actually not getting on your case right now for any sports fandom, you know. I love how all the bubbles keep, like, yeah. bubbling up like in you, and you're like, looks like his head's going to pop as he's I talking sound, to me. I here. sound like I'm about to either burp or pop, one of the two. So, um, no, the, uh, the thing is, if you're not, if you don't live in an area of the country with uh, lacrosse, um, you need to understand that it is a cult, a C-U-L-T cult, okay? These people are psychopaths. Um, they're not regular sports fans. They go much, much, much deeper than sports fans. I'm pretty sure that if you really challenged most lacrosse fans on um, the sport and like if you like, Honestly, for example, you just challenge anyone who plays lacrosse in general. Yeah. In but, but challenge, challenge them on what? what like, like, for example, like if you told somebody that was a lacrosse fan or player that you were going to take lacrosse away from them for 18 months. Like, Hey, there's a lacrosse pandemic. You have to wear a Mac, a mask and vaccine yourself from lacrosse. They would murder you. That's what they would do. They would kill you with their bare hands immediately. They wouldn't think or with twice. Their, or with their little lacrosse sticks. They would. These mats. people, these people. And I, I say this with great affection because I think it's an, a really amazing sport. It's not, it's no knock on the sport. It's just the culture around it that is so culty, so culty. And I've worked at a lot of lacrosse bars. If you know anything about Baltimore, Baltimore is the lacrosse mecca, okay? And my parents are from the Midwest. You know, I'm from – I was born in Wichita, Kansas. My parents are from outside of Chicago. And so I did not grow up in this scene. I did not grow up with this game. And, like, I, you know, I come up in – you know, it, uh, grow uh, – grow up my formidable years, you know, my high school and college years in Baltimore. And I start to realize, oh my God, these people are crazy. And so the idea of a lacrosse um, golf tournament that you have to work every year, I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know the depth of 
shit that you had to put up with with that. Just just tell us about the good tip. Just tell us about the yeah. good tip. Um. No, I want to hear. No, fuck you, Steve. You wonder why these episodes go so long, motherfucker. It's because of your long, fucking winded bullshit answers. Okay. So, I, one of my here's one of my questions. What did you wear? <laughs> Damn. Well, I'm, this is a serious question. All right. Um, I wore a uniform. Yeah, and what was the I uniform? It's like a golf Hooters golf girls wear a uniform no, too. Okay, I that's, it's like that's a very golf vague. Card thing, right? So it's oh like my a god! Skirt. Yeah, it's like a skirt and a polo. Yeah, exactly. I assume. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's like skirt and a polo. And it wasn't a classy skirt, you know, like it went down. Right, right, right. You know. Right, right. It went down. Like, yeah, okay. okay. What was like the worst behavior you had to put up with that day? Um. Did anyone take their no, shirt? No, they were all <laughs> they were all really classy. Really. Seriously. I'm sure. They were all really gentlemanly. At least while I was around. I okay. mean, I was only ever around. Right, you're for, pulling I'm off. Here's driving, your, here's you know. Beers, right. So there was, I'm sure, opportunities where they weren't. But <laughs> I, I will tell you right now. I usually I would say over under, but I guarantee there was cocaine sniffed off a putter on that golf course that day. Oh I promise God, off you of that. a putter. <laughs> I promise you that. Okay. So why why do you think why do you think that the the lacrosse guys always requested you? What do you think it was? Because I let them do whatever they wanted. Yeah. I literally was just like I was on board. I was like Yeah. They would like act act like Kewilians, right? Yeah. I was like, you guys do whatever the hell you want. Like, act like Lax you bros. Want, Yeah. Literally <laughs> goofs, like I don't care. I'm not gonna tell you no. Well you like, do you do, do whatever. You do also have this awesome aura about you where um people are very comfortable around you. Huh. Well, thank you. And that's not, <laughs> and and not to not to get gender specific, but that's not easy for a female bartender. Okay, because I think a lot of times for, um, especially like men with a female bartender, it's either like a there's you know they're gonna be overtly like hitting on you and stuff like that, which I'm sure you've experienced <laughs> that as well, right? But um, uh, or they're they're almost like expecting you to entertain them, which is like a whole nother like dog and pony show yeah. that I would hate if I was if I was a girl in that scenario. But you have- or or additionally, they were just gentlemen and just were you know treated you, you know no chance no chance with this. Oh right. fuck off! No, no God chance. damn it! No no but, <laughs> no, but in all, no no in all seriousness, like you have a very laid back quality to you just in general. Like people feel. Um, like I remember one of the first times, uh, that you and I hung out was the employee party, the, like the first year that I worked there. Mm -hmm. And I remember like, um, uh, walking in and there wasn't like a lot of, you know what it actually wasn't the employee party. It was like an employee meeting and there weren't a lot of seats left. Okay. Right. And we were downstairs and there were a lot of seats left. And I just remember like sitting next to you. I kind of like drooped into my seat (laughs) and I just kind of was like bad posture. Don't give a fuck. Kind of like laying in there. And it's just you, you have a way of making few people feel like very comfortable. So that's probably that's probably something to it right there is like, uh, you know, people feel like they can just like be themselves. Aww. You have a, a very lack of judgment way about you. Seriously. <laughs> when you're behind yeah. that, I mean that. No, yeah. I mean, that, you I, cannot say that about every bartender. You really can't. Well, thanks. Yeah. I mean, I do like to I do like to give that energy off like, you know, like whatever kind of like whatever and you know if you piss me off or if you do something i don't like i'm definitely gonna let you know cool but but i feel like you are are not but it takes a lot to piss me off right and i've only <laughs> seen you piss off a few times but even then like you are more like a cold shoulder type right like if you <laughs> right wouldn't you say i mean i, I don't want to speak for you but like if I piss you off, you're more so going to ignore me than being like an asshole. Yeah. 
Like, if you piss me off, like, I'm going to be a dick to you. Okay. The, right? like, and and this is, this is, like, my individual outlook on it, but for me, especially, like, that male, you know, masculine and feminine dynamic, I fucking love it when there's a, a woman in, in any circumstance, not just bartender, but... Who, like, puts her foot down and, you know, whenever she's had enough, she stands up for herself. Like, that's, that's a, it's a very attractive quality in anybody, really. But especially with a woman, like, you're like, all right, I can't fuck with this person at oh, all. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know, you so can... they're fun. They're fun to hang out with. But you also know that there is a line that you can't cross. And you end up respecting people that, that stand up for themselves, you know. For like sure. Like that, you know, you, you respect them a little bit more. For sure. So, oh, yeah. so that particular day, right, you're bartending. For well, you're cart girling for this. Yeah. Cart girling. Turn it. Cart girling. Cart girling. That was the toughest thing to put on my resume. That's the next Alan. Jackson. <laughs> That's actually the next Alan Jackson song right there. Did you did you try and class it up? You didn't just write cart girl, right? Oh no, I was like beverage assistant. She, yeah. <laughs> she just wrote. She just wrote Chattahoochee. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no. Um, so so what was the tip? Because I feel like we've stolen this away from the best tips, worst tips. So like, oh, okay. what was the actual tip from this event that like was resonated with you? So um, one of the guys was like, all right, I bet you in a tip that you can't hit this ball 200 yards. Oh, I like this. Yeah. And I, I grew up playing golf. What? Yeah, I played on my high school this. golf team. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I was like, are you sure? <laughs> you, know, like, you know? I'm like, you're, you're also kind of like betting the cart girl who works at the golf course too, you know? But still. But like, yeah. yeah. And, you know, so I hit the ball and you really fucking far. I it. It. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were, we were on like a par five and I probably got it like, I don't know, not almost to the green by any means, but I got it. I got it really far. And he was probably being nice, 200 plus. 200 but I know plus. how to hit a golf ball really well. So mm. really? he was impressed and he was like, all right. And I was like, damn straight. Wow. I had no <laughs> how, much, how much did you say it was? 500 bucks. Oh, oh damn! Hundred. Nice. Oh my god! That's pretty fucking good sweet. for you. You know, and <laughs> that's and, good. And I, I'm glad that you gave him an out, but I almost wish you didn't. You're like, you sure? Are you sure? But like, oh my! <laughs> no, god. you should have just been like, oh me, oh my! I oh. just don't know if I can what swing is this, this? Is club. This a, what is this? A putter? <laughs> no, that's a driver. Like, oh my god! I don't know how to swing this. Like, I would have leaned. I would have leaned so hard into it. But yeah. that's that's awesome. I didn't know five iron out, and I was like, all right, let's go. Crush. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. That's a great That's so story. Cool. Um, Mike. It's a great story once Steve and I finally let you tell it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> after, after, yeah, after droning on. Well, speaking of droning on, Mike, just tear up for three. All right. Number three, uh, <clears throat> worst drink orders. So this is this is basically like worst drink orders that um, you you know people ask that you like maybe you hate to make or they're like really trashy like you, you, somebody orders it and you're like why the fuck are you ordering that or maybe uh, the worst drink that you've ever received from a bartender like somebody asked me to put tequila and rum pins in the same glass the other night I was like no dude don't do that. Yeah, don't put tequila and rumplements in your stomach in the same night. I mean, just in general, you don't need to mix it into a glass, you know. Yeah. Um. I think the I think and this happens actually kind of often, especially at DOS. People want ice in their beer. Oh yeah. Whoa! What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, ice in like, their beer? It's yeah. like a thing. So but what do you mean? So. I don't want to cut in, but Baltimore, I'm upset right now. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to cut in, but this has been a Baltimore thing. A lot of places I've been, um, 
people from Baltimore have this weird thing, and I think it's because we live in a swamp, and it's so fucking hot here all the time. Like, between the the months of June and September, it is so humid. You just want to curl up and, like, into your freezer and die. It is just so fucking hot. And so for, I don't know, man. No, I'm being, no, I, dude. You I, don't. I, I lived there. I've lived in Kansas. Gets fucking humid too, and I don't like see this. any assholes putting ice in their beer. Not I, like this. Fuck not you, like, Steve. Not like this. Not like this. August. Dude, the last August time you were Baltimore. here, it was fucking Arctic blast outside. Right. I'll so take that any day of the week. August in Baltimore, <laughs> split pea soup. Okay. And now we're hijacking this whole segment. Yeah, it's like when you go outside and you're just like mad. Like you don't even know why you're mad. You're just like, I'm fucking mad. I wake up sweating. Yeah. My shorts are a puddle. You know what I mean? You know, I, I squeak when I walk because I'm German and I got thick thighs. You know what I'm saying? It's ridiculous. And, 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 and frankly, there's this thing all throughout Baltimore where people cannot get beers cold enough. Like there are people who love the bar that they go to because that bar like freezes their, their Miller Lite bottle. Like, I'm not kidding. When I used to like work a Miller Lite slushy. I'm not kidding. When I used to work at Ocean Pride, a lot of our regulars were only there because we had good refrigerators that used to like cool the shit. And so it does not shock me ever when people order ice in their beer because they want that beer fucking cold. But yeah, yeah but then it's got water in it. I mean, well, just, they drink it. They drink it quick, but they also get less beer. Yeah. Water, <sighs> which I'm oh, man. But anyway, sorry. So you think that's your worst drink order? Yeah. I mean, I, that's the that's the one I could think of. You know? Yeah, it well, happens that's, so often. It's it's almost like sacrilegious. I mean, you get, I don't even know what I would say if somebody was like, "Yeah, can I? I need a, a Miller Light with some, you know, light on the ice there." Like, I just don't even know what I would fucking say to that. I've never seen that before. I've seen people put pickles in beer, and that didn't weird me out. But fucking ice, give me a break. So, what do you? Um, what is it that most skeeves you out about that? Yeah, I think it's, like, first of all, right, and depending on what kind of beer you order. So, like, if you're going to order, like, an $8 pint of a nice German beer, and you're going to put ice in it, come on. Yeah, and besides, when that German beer was originally brewed, not only was there no refrigeration, but they didn't have any fucking ice to put in that either. I mean, if you really want the full experience, you need to fucking pop that sucker in the microwave before you drink it. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that weird that they multiple people have told me that? I've actually it's so funny because I've never gotten that that order at DOS, mm-hmm. but it doesn't shock me by any stress of imagination because it went part filled. Yeah. So oh, well, um, that's a first, and that's I, yeah, that's that's just a shame. I will a say this. I will say this. Um, I would be if I got that order more sympathetic to somebody ordering like a very craft beer or even like one of our German, you know, like one of our imports. Than what I used to get, which is somebody say, hey, put ice in my mirror a lot. You know, <laughs> I don't know why I just got Southern there. but I, <laughs> No, it makes sense. That's what it sounds like when you order But a Southern, a Southern lot. man would, a Southern man would never ask for fucking ice in his Miller Lite. Right, right? he'd ask for a bush Them's light. Fight, them's fighting words. Can we just have a compromise? Can you just do like frosted mugs? Right. No, no. So then the mugs. Fro- there are yeah, a lot of places, the mugs frosted. There are a lot of places that do frosted mugs, and people still ask for the ice. Seriously. Have you ever thought of just being like, no? Oh, I've <laughs> like, said no. Just, I've said no. Yeah. They've protested. <laughs> Doth protest. 
<laughs> a lot of people don't know, but Shakespeare actually liked ice in his beer as shut, well. Shut up, Steve. <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, all right. Number four, ultimate mistakes, fuck-ups, either yours or your coworkers. All right. So these are dropping trays, dropping drinks, breaking the glass. Ordering ice in your beer. You know, those kind of things. So... This is my mistake, and it does not involve dropping anything or breaking anything. Wow, okay. Talk to it me. It might have hurt someone's feelings. Oh, my God. But um, when I first started, uh, I did a catering event by myself. At DOS, you're saying? At DOS. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I get there, and there's balloons, and there's a cake with uh, a gentleman's face on it, and I'm setting up. So, right? You're setting up, and uh, the family's there. So I go to introduce myself, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> just, I'm sorry, that little detail. There's a cake with the gentleman's face well, on I- it. <laughs> just, I'm sorry, I just couldn't move past that. Anyway, How stupid on. was his face? Was it, was it very <laughs> stupid or just It's just, it's just a great no, little like a extra detail. Yeah. Yeah. I, com- I completely okay. understand. It's just like the way you said it. It's like it was the way you said it in the champagne. I just right. It's like a 50th anniversary or it's a it's a retirement party and they put Bob's face on the cake. So I go over to the family to like introduce myself because they're setting up and I'm like, hi guys, it's really great to meet you. Like, I'm going to be your server. Like, please let me know, like whatever I can do to help you guys have a good time. Like, please let me know. And I'm like, uh, whose birthday party is it? You know? And they're like, oh, oh no, it's actually a celebration of life. Our dad died. Oh my god. Oh. Was it wait, I, was it red velvet cake? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. That's like a really poor attempt at the dark joke, but oh. Wait, why? Oh. I don't get it. Cuz when you cut into the cake then it's it's red on the inside. It's like blood. Blood. So when you cut into oh. it, sorry. I, I worked at a place oh where god. one time Jesus's Jesus's face was on a cake. And when they, I was helping them serve, and I cut into it, it was red velvet cake. I'm like, this is kind of morbid, body okay? Like, like, Here's this the was a bad choice. Here's the body Yeah, dress. exactly. <laughs> oh my God. So I'm sorry. That's where that was coming from. Damn, so how did they oh, react God. to it? They were so nice. They they took it in They strata. were so nice. Good but I was like, I had to like turn around and just like be like, oh my God. Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember the uh, yeah. first name of the deceased? I don't. It's okay. Just curious. We always like to share names of important people on the pod. And I feel like this being your greatest quote of fuck up in the industry, yeah. this is an important you know, moment yeah. for you. What would you call him based on how he looked on the cake? So <laughs> he was a really, he was German. Like he was like, they told this whole man's story while I was at the party. And- Siegfried. No, Otto. Otto. That's what nice. I. That's what he looked like to me. He Otto. looked like an Otto. I like it. Can we, can we also just all agree that it's just weird to put pictures of people's face on a cake? Because it's balloons? nice. And... Like, I, I, I was so thrown off. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. I, I just, didn't once... know. Yeah. Once you start cutting into the people's, yeah, it's like, I'll on. take the, I'll take the left fucking eye. Can like, it's just, up? it gets weird. Can we back up? Because I actually really want to support you here in this point that you're making. Um, Putting people's faces on cakes, a little strange in general, yeah. even if you're celebrating mm. their birthday, their anniversary, their retirement. Yeah. You don't put somebody's face on a cake. 
when it's their funeral because you're going to take yeah. a knife and you're going to cut into that person's oh face. God. That's not oh something God. you do for a funeral. It's like they're, they're dead all over. Look, I, I, I am... I am <laughs> <laughs> Look, I am the biggest proponent of letting a funeral be the celebration of life. I'm actually somebody that I think... Um, when I go to funerals, I throw people off a little bit because I'm not the overly emotional person. I, you know, un, if it's tragic, that's one thing. But I, if it's really like a truly a celebration of life, this person has had an amazing life. And we're sad that we miss them. We're sad that they're gone. But we're celebrating all that they were. And yeah, they, you want to tell the fun stories, right. the good things you remember. Oh, like, totally. yeah, that's what that, yeah. that's to hopefully me, what that is to about. Me, even in that celebration of life, it's still not appropriate to make a cake with their face on it and then yeah, stab well, and, a knife until into now, their face. Until now, until now, because Steve, whichever one of us goes first, we know now that the other person is going to have right. uh, a have cake with the, the other person's, person's face on it. You know, it's it. funny. You know, it's funny. Um, I would, you know, if you want to make a funeral pact right now that you'll make a, a face cake at my funeral or I'll make a face cake at your funeral, depending on who goes first, we can make yeah. it. But I, I just need you to know, I'm going to lie to you and I'm going to put a cake with my own face on it at your <laughs> Now, I'm not opposed to doing this, but it really fucks up my murder-suicide plans. So. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, that's how, we, that's, how we, that's how we always plan the pod to come to an end. <laughs> <laughs> Mike and I. Right, I'm sorry, we're getting we're getting dark here. Mike we're getting and I, dark here. Mike and I gentlemen. somewhere in like uh, Eastern Europe, uh, you know, interviewing a bartender in Croatia, and then the next thing you know, we'll see ya. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh God. All right. right so, number let's five before we get to halftime. <laughs> oh, health code violations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't had any. <laughs> None? No. Really, you've never experienced, you've never seen any health code violations in your day. Not at Casey's. Oh, like have I seen them? Right, right. Not you in particular. Not have you committed a health code uh, violation. Or like, has I, have I been at a restaurant that's been shut down? That's yeah. fine too. So yeah. we always say for I this. Haven't. We always say for this category, protect. The, I haven't for the protect the, protect the innocent and the guilty. But like, I feel like working in a restaurant, you just you either see these or hear about these healthcare violations. And I have to assume yeah. that Casey's had even some, like like just some things where you guys skirted the rules. Like, I have heard some stories about the bartenders at Casey's scooping the ice with their hands. Yeah. It's stuff like that. It's okay if you don't. I'm just curious. No, I definitely do, but off the top of my head, I don't have anything. Just because I, I thought it was more like, have I ever worked at a place that's been like shut down? Fair enough. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. That's how what, I thought about what it. What for you is the health code violation that you will abide by? Like, if I tell you, Meredith, there's this awesome new bar downtown, we should go, and we all get a group of people together and go, and then I tell you right 20 minutes before, there's this health code violation. But you'll still go. What is it that you're willing to abide by? Or, like, what? Okay, so. Like, you're willing to hear the health code violation and still eat there. Oh. Like, if I told you they have rats, you out? Oh, yeah. You're out. Okay. Yeah. You're done. You're out right there. Out. What if I tell you. I know a lot of places do, and, like, I still probably eat there, but. What if I tell you that the um, the kitchen staff has particularly terrible flatulence? 
Be that bad? They're just really bad farters, and they may fart poop particles right onto your French fries. Like, are they farting turned around, like, like <laughs> ass? Yeah, ass away oh, from the food. Oh, ass away from the food, not ass, like. Perfect. No, they're not farting on the food. They okay. just have a particularly bad gas. Well, they have like those fans that are above. Okay, above. there you go. Right, so, they're sucking so, the gas out yeah. of off the line. Yeah. That's a heady play, yeah. right? So, I have to jump in here really quick because I feel like this is this is some truth that people who aren't in the service industry need to know. And I, I don't think we've talked about this before, but whenever I was serving or bartending and I like had a particularly bad, uh, you know, flagellant problem, where do you think I went? Because I can't go to the guest uh, bathrooms. Yeah, you went to the walk-in. Yeah, you went to the walk-in. Or no, I just I would literally go right into the kitchen because it's super loud. There's a ton of smells and aromas, and there's fans going everywhere. You're gross, bro. That's go gross. Why don't no. you do that? To the <laughs> so hard everybody knows. Everybody knows. No, no, that, okay, no, no. That's the everybody point, knows that, if you fart in the walk-in, the fart freezes and then it goes away. Yeah. Rule okay, one. that's an enclosed environment, so I'm gonna call foul on you guys. Okay. My <laughs> point is that I was I, I was able. <laughs> I was able to do this because there's so much, there are so many smells and fans and vents going that you could fart and it would just disperse so quickly and be out of there that nobody would even notice. But my point is dude, what that I feel like, the time? I don't know, dude, I probably need to see like a therapist or, I don't know, not no, it's a gastroenterologist. Or, 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 yeah, or maybe, maybe, a, maybe, a, maybe a priest. I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, I'm just saying, I feel like a lot of people would do that. And I just, that, that was like, that was kind of a go-to place to, to expel to expel the flatulence. So. There was definitely a time. There was definitely a time where one of our go-to games at the Nautilus Diner was anytime you had to fart, you would run and you would find Dirty Tom and you would hug him. Because if you know anything about Dirty, if you know anything about Dirty Tom, Dirty Tom loves loves a good hug. Like if you hug him, he will hug you back. He will hug you back. And uh, what you do is anytime you needed to fart, you'd run, you'd find him, and you'd hug him, and you just hold on to him, and you'd oh, fart into him, God. and you wouldn't Jesus let him go. Christ. So that's probably a health code violation, yeah. not to get too deep into it. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to go uh, too far down the rabbit hole on this. These were, you're already telling us some amazing stories. We're going to take a little break here. Um, now that we've gotten about halfway through the gauntlet and we're, I, Mike, I don't know if you want to grab a dart, we're going to make some more French 75s and we're going to come back here in a couple minutes. Sounds good. All righty, here we go. All right, we are back. I feel refreshed. Maybe it's the bubbly on my tongue that's got me back in the mood. Um, but whatever yeah, it is. I feel it- it's. I feel like it's given us an interesting kind of like little drunk thing going on. I like it. I like it. You know, you I'm know. not drunk. I'm not. I'm not losing the bet. Don't get me wrong. I feel zesty. I feel zesty. You. Right you now. do. You get a little bit of a different head high from <laughs> champagne. I feel like. Sure. You know I, mean? I mean, every alcohol does that to you. And I will tell yeah. you. Um. You know, I've said this for years about gin, which is one of my favorite favorite alcohols. Gin is a slow burn for me. Right. Um. Whiskey. I'm drinking, I'm drinking, I'm drinking, and then all of a sudden I'm hammered. Right? <laughs> but gin is this really nice, gradual, easy drunk for me where I, I, I crescendo up into like a, like a blooming flower. Yeah, it's almost like red wine in that regard, except for I don't feel so warm. I feel a little bit more like alive, less sleepy. And so the combination of the gin and the fizz from the champagne together is, is really working right now. So that's why I say I feel zesty. But, um, <laughs> I wish I 
I wish I was like 45 and hot with two kids. I could be a zesty zaddy right now. <laughs> you know? <Ugh>. What? <laughs> Mike hated that. <laughs> I only told that joke. I only told that joke so it could disgust him. But, <laughs> disgust <all right>. me. <laughs> uh, so, well, listen, this is a perfect segue into ratchet and crazy customers. Uh, I'm being a little ratchet right now. Number six, ratchet and crazy customers. Or memorable customers. Or memorable, because maybe it's not right. Thank you, Michael. Maybe it's not shitheads, but somebody that really made an impact. Somebody that you always remember as a customer. All right. Well, I have a shitty customer in mind. Okay. That's how Good. Th- those, those are our favorite. That's how I read, uh, that's how I read the question. So this is kind of, yeah, I, I think I like the story because I like what I said as a comeback more than anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, there was a guy from my high school that was an acquaintance who came to DOS a little while ago. And it was busy on a Friday night. And uh, he, uh, I go over to the table just to say hi, because I, I went to Lockraven, which was a really small school. Um, so, like, everyone knew everyone. So I wanted to be nice and say hi. So I go over to his table. He's with, like, all of his boys and his girlfriend. And he decides to bring up how I slept over his house at senior week in front of everyone at the table. And not with him, but with, like, one of his friends. Mm-hmm. And uh like just to just to bring it up. Yeah. Like come on. Have I, some cooth. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Like I work here, like just you know, be nice. Like, come on. So I, I find not to hijack your story, I find that a lot of times when somebody's an asshole and they have nothing else to say, they just they say whatever they can to associate themselves to the situation. It's like yeah. I know this girl, she left slept over my house one time at senior yeah. week. Let me tell everybody that. Like You're probably right. You got nothing better to say. Like, yeah. sorry. And uh so I was kind of like, okay, good to see you too. And then later in the night, I like walk past his table and he's like, hey, have you seen my girlfriend anywhere? And I like look at him dead in the eyes in front of the table. And I was like, I don't know. I think I saw her go downstairs with one of the bouncers. I haven't seen her in a while though. And then I, <laughs> <laughs> and I walked away. <laughs> no, you did not. I swear to God. Oh my God. <laughs> What was his reaction? Did he you was, see his face? Did yeah, his jaw drop? It was just like, it was like so. Just, just like, white? Like, don't You know, you didn't do that to me right now. You know, I was <laughs> but I was just like, come on. Like, I love that. I love that. Get him back for a little bit of the, the yeah, lack. Yeah, of... like, come on. I, you know, it's funny. You touched on something that we've actually never had here on the pod before. And that's, again, you know, I feel like I'm a broken record because I'm saying it on every episode recently. But that this pod brings up things that we don't think about until they get brought up. But Mike, I, I know you're going to relate to this. Um, when you are in the service industry and somebody from your life years and years and years before comes in and they see you like it's a friend from high school or a teacher from high school or somebody you knew 10 years ago, it is such a good and bad moment. <laughs> You know, because yeah. maybe like you're excited to see them, but most of the time you have to do this weird reckoning of their like, is this all you do? Oh, yeah. what's your problem? You you just turned out to be a bartender. That's, yeah, that's, that's it. That's all in your head, dude. No, I'm that telling is you, all, man. That's all in your head, man. Yes, absolutely. Because obviously, so I, I worked in Maryland, but 
I didn't know anybody from 10 years back while I was bartending there. Right. And when I came back to Kansas, I, I don't serve. But on the flip side, when I was back in Maryland while I was living there, Dirty Tom and I took our ladies out um, to a nice dinner. And I picked the place where I used to work, where I ended up having a bad relationship with my managers because of some shit that went down. But I ended up seeing one of the managers out at a wedding of a mutual friend at one point and kind of, you know, we kind of buried out. the hatchet. Yeah. So I went back to the restaurant because I really love the restaurant. It's a great and restaurant. Every single manager that was there who I used to work with, they each one made it a point to bring a dish out to the table and catch up with us. And there was that sense of, <clears throat> you know, we had that, uh, that, that, that sense of community of, oh man, we've been in the trenches together. We've, we've done this. And there, there was no judgment of, oh, this is what you're doing. Like it was all, it no, was all very, awesome. it, it was, awesome. it was therapeutic. It was kind of cathartic to see them all again and be like, yeah, some shit went down, but nobody fucking gives a shit. We're all moving on with our but lives. Mike, and it was nice to see everybody, man. Mike, we're talking about two different things. Like in this scenario, are we? Yeah, because in this scenario, you're the patron who... Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. On, there was no judgment on, on my part. Hold on, hold on. You're the patron who also worked there. So you have a little bit more um, legitimacy than the scenario that I'm talking about, where it's like, I knew this person in a former life, and now mm-hmm. they're my bar patron, and they're drunk, and they are... Hey, Steve, what's going on, man? How you doing? Oh, my God, it's been so long. I had no idea you worked here, bro. Whoa. Like, it's that. So they didn't work in the trenches with me. They were never at this restaurant. All right, you know? fair enough. That's all fair I'm enough. saying. And so, I'll just edit that whole fucking little bit. No, out I like that. I like that <laughs> I'm bit. just kidding. No, I like that bit. No, I that was a different perspective. You're right. Absolutely. I was just trying to relate to what... What, what Meredith's going through there is like she went to high school with this person. That person knows her in a totally different light. Oh, yeah. They have not connected, or I assume you're not like hanging out no. in between this period of time. Yeah. Right. Like it's not like a close friend, is my point, right? Like mm-hmm. that knows what you're up to. And then when somebody like that walks in your bar, it's like, yeah, we do know each other, but can you just pretend like we don't? Yeah. Can you just <laughs> like, honest to God, for the or next. At least follow the social norms when you haven't seen mm-hmm. someone. Yeah, don't bring up the fact that I hooked up with somebody at a house one time like eight years ago. Like, yeah. allegedly. Like all exactly. The... Thank you. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Sleepovers at senior week, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Good point. <laughs> I'm glad we said that. But, but this is my point. Like, constantly, and I, uh, you know, Baltimore is Smaltimore. Constantly, yes, you're yeah. behind the bar in Baltimore, <laughs> and somebody walks into your bar that you know from a different life. You know, from a different period of your life, and it's always, it's always uh, uh, questionable how you maneuver that situation. It really is dictated by them. So maybe here's a. PS. I do also. I do stick to my original point though too. That if you're feeling in, any insecurity, that's all in your head. Because, no, I agree. Look, I never you know, feel. Look, I never feel insecure. I don't. Have we any, know that you don't feel insecure. Yes, I don't have an embarrassment <laughs> in my body. I'm really saying I'm bringing this more up as a PSA to other motherfuckers out there in the world that go into bars and run somebody that they might know who's now their bartender and then makes them feel awkward. Do yourself a favor sure. and be like, hey, whoever your name is, I remember you. So nice to see you again. Yeah. Here's my drink order. Thank you. Boom. Mm. Done. Tip them well. Move on. It, you don't need to go down the whole rabbit hole unless they initiate it. For because sure. nine times out of ten, they probably don't. 
I, I just keep getting flashbacks from the movie waiting. It's like, oh, so you're still working here, huh? Like, oh my gosh, starting yeah. me off at forty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> it. That's basically what it is. There's a lot of judgment for the people that are not in the business, especially if you know that person from before. So, um, Mike, to to your up for number seven. All right, I wish you guys could see this too. Sybin is having a dream where he's chasing something and it's fucking adorable. <laughs> is he? Is he he's, just, he's just on the couch. You can just see he's just running in he's, his dreams. Yeah, it's amazing. All right, so it, it could actually pertain to this question. Fights, arrests, and fires. He may be dealing with one of those three or all three right now in his mind right now. He might be running from the bar that his master works at to tell the firefighters, fire, fire. What 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 you say last? What's that? What you say? What you say? Fire at the bar. Timmy's drunk at the bar. What's that? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So fights, arrests, and fires. I love this category, Meredith, because I'm a big fan of kitchen fires. I don't want them to happen, but when they do happen, no, no, hold on. Yeah, he's he's got issues. No, I I don't want them to happen, but when they do happen, that's when you find out what motherfuckers are made of, and it's great. It's great, dude. I once saw a grown woman curl up into the fetal position and cry behind a hostess stand. And that night is one of still the proudest nights of my life of just jumping in as a server and taking control of the situation. So I love fights, arrests, and fires because now, that's what ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard that story. If you're a regular, you've heard that story multiple times, but obviously Meredith and not because her mouth was a gape. So I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you reiterated that story because I don't I don't think Meredith understood this. About we don't you need to go into the whole details, but uh, ba- long, long story short, um, Becky, my 40 year old manager, lost a lot of respect that day. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So um, bleep that ha- name. I have been a part of a fire. <laughs> I will. There was a fire at DOS. What? Yeah. There was a fire at DOS? There was. No! Yeah. Just um, Steve, are you, fuck, are you fucking around? You look like a ventriloquist dummy right no, now. No, I actually, <laughs> like, I've never, I swear to God. I, I actually am learning this in real time, being dead serious. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It looks like somebody's down. hand was up your ass. There was like, I, I mean, there was like smoldering. What? It wasn't like a full blown, and it was from the oven, or from the strip, like, it was a kitchen fire for sure. Okay. All right. Yeah. So what happened? What happened? Um, so... It was a night, uh, it was like me, uh, Chelsea, and Pat, we were like all closing. Okay. I think it was like a Tuesday night or something like that. And the kitchen just starts like complaining, like they can't breathe. Um, And like the fire alarm goes off and we're all just kind of like, what's going on? We have like a full, honestly, a pretty full bar. And, you know, we all just have to go outside and a lot of people left. They didn't Did it smoke time. out? Did it smoke out? Yeah. And Scott came. Was there any actual physical fire? Like, could you see any flames? No. Okay. Who was the first part? Like, uh, was there anybody in severe concern? What, you know, the one thing about fires is you always get the Dwight Schrute fire marshal. Stands. <laughs> it's like, I've got this. Okay. Everybody file up orderly line toward the door. There's always that guy at the bar. Was there anybody like that that wanted to like coordinate the fire? No, it was pretty chaotic, honestly. Oh, really? And that's, and- <laughs> And just for office fans, that's what Dwight did too. He, oh, thank you he, for explaining he, what he, all the he people He incited the know. chaos to see what you know. I mean, you would resonate with that. I mean, you know, he wanted to see what people were at at their core. You know. Yeah, yeah. So well, so um, and no one was as tough as him. What do you think the time frame was? Like, how long did it take before, like, from fire to everybody filing out? Where it's like, 
So it happened pretty quick, honestly. Um, but it was really awkward, like going up to every table and being like, "You've got to go." <laughs> hey. <laughs> We're on so, fire. We're on fire. Uh, we think there's a fire. Uh, we're going to leave. <laughs> so, and it's but not you the first it. time I've had to do something like that at DOS before. Uh, yeah, there was yeah. one time, um, I'll, I'll make this short, but there was one time we had crab night, and uh, I think BGE uh, was doing work, and they had to shut off our water. So yeah. we had like a whole restaurant filled with people eating crabs with dirty hands, and we had no water. Yeah, so we had to send oh, everyone home after yeah. eating crabs with dirty crab hands. We had no water. <laughs> Could you imagine driving your car home with crab hands? <laughs> I would be you guys, so you don't pissed. Have, you don't have like a stack of wet naps handy or something? No. Of course I, we don't. Of course we don't. <laughs> what an idiot. What a stupid idiot. The best dude. you can do is rinse your hands off in the toilet. <laughs> oh, come on. In the top, the upper deck, right? No. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, that's good. But that's great. Like, I, I find, I, you know, I find that people spray. It, it's a slow burn. Uh, not for any pun intended, but it's a slow burn whenever there's a fire. Because the information, unless it's like a big fire, is relayed slowly. Right? It's like the kitchen knows we're on fire. Oh, yeah. Let's tell you can't, bar you can't the see the fire, right? The bar back of the manager is going to tell the servers the, or the exactly. bartenders. The servers of the bartenders then need to go to the tables. And so what ends up happening is there's this lapse in time where from point of, hey, we're on fire <laughs> to point of <laughs> to point of B, where we're like actually getting people out of this building that's now potentially on fire. There's a good five to ten minutes of relay time. That is that is occurring, and thank God, you know, most restaurant fires don't result in a burn down. Like, cause a lot of restaurants have a fire. Like, shit just catches on fire when you're cooking that much food. And stuff. Like, when you're cooking that much food, you're just gonna catch on fire. Like, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's funny. We were talking with Trent last week, and he was like, "Look, if you're gonna have a bar." near the docks in new orleans you're just gonna have rats that's how it is yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean you that's just gotta true, make though. peace I, with I get it. That. so um you know if you have a bar in new orleans you can have rats and fires it's it, it's gonna be a little bit of both but um all right that's awesome i like that one i had no idea so all right number eight sex stories so we all know the restaurant business <laughs> Oh, she's laughing like a she she laughing, she laughing like she's laughing like she's the next Joker in the new Batman series. Um, fights are you know fights, arrests, and fires are all good. Okay, we know that every restaurant has those. We also know that every restaurant has sex stories because it's friction, right? We're in the pipes together, and um, you know I keep I feel like uh, this episode we keep harkening back to our previous episode with Trent, but one of the things that um. We really went uh, down the rabbit hole on was the fact that like this business is a battle tested business. You feel like you're going into war with those other servers or those other bartenders. And there's no, seriously. I mean, you and I, you Meredith, you and I work Friday nights together, right? Yeah. We, we work primetime shifts together and you yeah. know what it's like when we're getting ready for that. Like we come in ripping shots yeah yeah we're like get you know like we're getting in that mental headspace oh, for, sure. for all the bullshit that we're about to put up with that so <laughs> yeah. i think just in general that like gets people um i think that gets their adrenaline going and anytime you have that many men and women 
with their adrenaline going, all in a closed, tight space, experiencing yeah. all that bullshit together, sooner or later, shit pops off. So, yeah. um, what what do you got for us on this category number eight? So, I don't have much. That's fine. But I don't believe you. Give us a little taste. <laughs> I can say what I do have is par for the course. But by the way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, she, she she had to flip her hair while she said that, so it's gonna be good. <laughs> I don't know if there's any listeners coming in at the hour and thirty minute work mark. Uh, Meredith worked at a golf course, so that's a that's a golf pun right there, folks. She knows how to handle a club. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead. Oh, I have to go into detail. No, no, no. Oh. Oh, yeah, part- you do. You can't just say the yeah, entire thing is just part for the course. No, no, no! Oh my oh, God! Come. They don't oh, need to be to your sex. On. They don't need to be your come sex on. stories. No. Oh, other people's? Yeah. It, oh. No, no, no. It, or, or <laughs> yours too. Damn it! I just don't. No, no, no! Oh you, my! You God. can't just, you can't just, this you can't just great. come in and just really casually this be like, great. "Oh yeah, I've got sex no. stories." So Next question. Come on! What the fuck? Every one of these categories is non-specific. <laughs> so one of like. One of the reasons that we put sex stories in here is because a lot of sex stories in the bar have nothing to do with you. Oh, yeah. For they sure. have to do with shit that you've seen. Like, oh, my God, I, I walked into walk-in to get extra orange juice, and I found our busboy and the senior bartender getting it, and their difference yeah. in age was 30 years. Like, that kind what, of thing. Wait, so, wait, what, which, what was the uh, sex of the bar back and the bartender? Exactly. Or busboy and the bartender? Yeah. I just made that up. God damn it. I was getting <laughs> excited there. That sounded juicy, man. Wow. <laughs> no, but Steve so- goes into Steve goes in to let out a fart and he finds that. Yeah, so you can- come to come to find out it's all just a fucking lie. Well, no no no. It's called <laughs> it's called building a narrative, you piece of shit. Uh-huh. You know? It's called a fucking lie, you piece of shit. Fuck your life, you total piece of shit. <laughs> No, but like, all right, come on, Meredith, come on, you no, gotta give us all, something. In all honesty, right. think about this question more non-specifically. So, like, I want you to think about all of the places that you've worked over the years, okay? And think about all of like the dirty details you've heard about, like you know, relationships within those bars. Now, you don't have to name anybody by name or the bar by name, okay? Keep them non-specific. Keep it like anonymous. But is there anything that particularly sticks out to you as like a juicy detail of a sexual um, interaction within the bar world? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Or tell us that story about you allegedly sleeping over at that guy's house during senior week. <laughs> Mike's prying hard tonight. Mike, no. you listen. Mike, it's all, late. I, I need a sex story. Come on. All right. I've had champagne. I'm celebrating. It was senior week. Mike, we'd like to see both your, <laughs> it was see, Mike, it can was we see both your hands right now? Okay. I don't feel very I don't feel comfortable. <laughs> Keep them up. Keep them up. I don't feel comfortable right now. Okay, okay? so really, really, really quick, because this is kind of a sex story and it's not at the same time. We were talking about TJ Leland's a lot last week and how Simon is always welcome at TJ Leland's. TJ Leland's in Pittsburgh, Kansas is the music scene, right? But where the music is played, there's a giant glass behind the the, the stage. Right, which has all the logos for TJ's, but uh, that's where the band plays, and you can see outside, and that's where the bench is, where everybody goes out to smokes. Everybody goes out to smoke. Morgan was outside during the band's performance, and Simon was in front of him, and he was petting him. But from the back, where everybody was sitting, you couldn't see Simon, and you could just see Morgan 
petting him. It, but looked, it, just, like, it looked like he was like aggressively <laughs> masturbating and just laughing maniacally the whole time. And it was, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's just like going at it. He's like, ha 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 Taking rips off That's his cigarette. Great. I'm sorry. It was oh fucking hilarious. God. That's great. So anyway, I, I didn't mean to, to interrupt there, but no, I feel it was just too perfect. You know, I, I, so I'll, I'll tell one, just to give a good example. Okay. I'll tell one, which is just very quick that I haven't told yet on the pod. So I worked we, for, we don't know that yet. Yeah, I worked for a time. Steve's memory is shot from all the weed he smokes. No, I mean, I've never, I, I have, that's true. But I've never actually told this one on the pod. Um, so I worked for a time, you know, I've, I've worked at a ton of bars, especially all over Baltimore, pretty much every bar district. I've worked in Fells, Canton, and Fed. And um, I was working in Canton for a while. I'm not going to say what bar. Um, worked at a couple different joints around there. But I'm working in Canton. And there's this bartender, and um, we'll we'll call him John, is what we'll call him, for the purposes of this story. And John was a man whore. John was a salt and pepper man whore. He was this like 35 year old bartender who was in good shape. He had a luscious head of hair. And a nice big beard, but he had the salt and pepper look, right? He had the zaddy look, right? You know? <laughs> Jesus Christ. He looked like Anderson Cooper. If Anderson Cooper and Bear Grylls um, made a human being together, it was like if Anderson Cooper was like a like a, a wildlife expert. You know what I mean? This guy had this rugged be- – he had this rugged quality to him. And he was looking – All right, so I get tell us about when you went down on him, him. Yeah. and let's just get this story over with. <laughs> so just like Morgan, I was a- – you know, he and I were sitting on a couch, and a lot of people thought I was petting a dog, but I was actually aggressively uh-huh. jerking him off. Yeah, that's, well, that about sounds right. No, he was an objectively. No, I totally get it. He was an yeah. objectively attractive man. Okay. Yeah. Now, what what I came to find in just the so I worked at this joint for probably about eight months, uh, eight months, nine months, just shy of a year. Within two months of working there, I realized um, that. Hey, you're not as straight as you thought you were. Well, no, I knew that going in. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. I'll quit trying to make jokes. No, going but on. I knew that John was sleeping with four different people at the bar. Okay, four different people that all that all worked there at the bar. Wow. Four different people oh. at the bar. I'll say it again. Like, now, do you know, say people because they were different genders or? No, no, no. They were all women. But I just mean. Do you know how hard it is to a have a girlfriend and cheat on a girlfriend? It's not an easy thing. I don't say that from experience, but I have to. Imagine. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, I have. To. I'm, I don't cheat. Listen, I'm straight down the line kind of guy, but I'm just trying to make the point. I have to imagine. I don't like. Look, I'm not a multitasker, Mike. I have ADD. <laughs> I can't do two things at once. Okay. I am literally so focused on one thing at a time. I can't do two things at once. The idea. Quit referring to women as things, Steve. All right. No, I'm not referring to you, son of a bitch. God damn it. No, I'm just trying to make the point that it has to be really difficult to juggle two responsibilities and priorities and commitments like that. That's my point. And this man's juggling four of them. It was wild. It was wild to see. And, and, And it was a plethora of different people. One of the people that he was with was like an older bartender in like her early 40s. One of them was like a bartender in her early 30s. 
who had been there for a while and like he is, was like quote unquote dating. Another one was like a bartender who was like in her mid twenties. The other one was like a hostess. And he's wow. like, this guy is just like raking all. And I remember the day that it all came out that they all kind of all found out at once. Right. And he was quote unquote fired and then rehired back like a week later. <laughs> yeah. right. But this, this is the business, right. That allows that kind of bad behavior uh, and uh, allows you to kind of crazy. maneuver shit that way. It's, it's, it's absolutely not. So, sorry, that was very long winded, but that, that gives you maybe an idea of what we're talking about totally. when we talk about this kind of, uh, you know, this kind of category. And it's okay if you don't have one, that's fine. No, honestly, I'm not, Cool. Like I feel like people. I don't <laughs> yes, know you the are. Drama Shut up. At Goss. like I don't know the drama anywhere. I don't know. I I really haven't. Did anybody? Did any customers ever fuck at Casey's? I have to imagine. Oh yeah. Well, so tell us about one of those. Like, did you guys ever catch a customer at Casey's fucking and have to throw them out? I did at my golf course job. What? Mm. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So there was a bartender we had at the golf course job, and she was like really openly dating another guy and like we knew they were dating that right? worked there uh no who would like come in a patron oh, okay okay and one time she asked me to watch the bar for her which was totally fine because i knew how to bartend and she like leaves and then she comes back and her face is like she's sweaty her face is all red. He comes Ooh. in. He's sweating. She's got the sex hair going. Oh, it was so bad. And I'm it was just like, right come on. Like, dang. Like, at least take like, take some more time. Like, I- I'll wash it for like 30 Clean minutes. yourself yeah, up. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> you don't have to rush back. Like, you know. like <laughs> The reason that we do this category. Put some ice on your face. Come the reason on. we do this category <laughs> is because if only people knew that the person serving your table may have 20 minutes before that been, yeah. you know, coming buckets. Is that the professional term? Level, is that you? a technical yeah. term? I think that's scientific. No, but seriously, it's it's crazy. I've been in this business so long, and I've seen so many people do exactly what Mary was talking about. Hey, cover the bar. And the next thing you know, they don't come back for 30 minutes, and they're in their car sweating. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, that's that's how it always like, wow, goes. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, not not to not to uh, beat a dead horse. We'll move on. Number nine, um, bar hazing pranks and games. So this is Mike and I's favorite category. We always love the idea of killing time when you're at the bar. Anything that you can come up with. So I always grew up in the in the bartending business where there were a lot of pranks, like people taking you know making you do things at your expense. Maybe you don't have those. Maybe you do. If it's if it's not that, tell us a little bit more about like how you pass the time when you're bored. So actually, um, one of my my best friends came home um, like two or three weeks ago uh, from Hawaii. My best friend Nikki, um, and we oh, actually yeah. we went out. So um, like I said, I was out with my my best friend who was in town, and this is something that like has never happened to me before, um, and we just loved it. So. Uh, two guys sent us bombs at the bar, and oh, I remember those. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. So the bombs <laughs> had like a question written written on it. So, not to interject. No, no, it's okay. But just to describe. God damn it, Steve! Shut the fuck no, up. No, no, We've no. Talked no. enough on so this. So I, <laughs> I was, I was bartending the night that she's talking about, 
And uh, okay. her friend Nikki came into Dobbs. Her friend Nikki's in from out of town. And just to give you guys some backstory. Nikki was actually also a bartender at Dobbs with us for a mm-hmm. while. Yeah. And Nikki's fantastic. She's outstanding. I hope yeah. she listens to this episode. We love you, Nikki. We do. Please come back. Um, no, but uh, that particular night there was this um, flirty interaction. Yeah. With a guy on the other side of the bar who was very into Nikki. Oh, uh-huh. Super into her, mm-hmm. right? And what he was doing was he was ordering bombs and shots from us bartenders, and he at, mm-hmm. and, and, but asking us for a Sharpie. And yeah. he was... He'd write something on the He was the writing notes on the, on the um, plastic cup. Or yeah, because it's a plastic cup for the bomb. Right. right. And he was writing these these very elaborate. I mean, yeah. they were like... Oh, yeah. They weren't just like, hey, what's up, mm-hmm. baby? They were like wrapped like, around the whole Oh, my bomb. God. They were very, Jesus very Christ, elaborate. Like, a lot. Yeah. You know, and, and so at first... I'm going to get you really drunk and then try and no, read this all, yeah. all this I small mean, writing. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? At first, it was like... I, I, I thought to myself, I was like, man, these... Like, Nikki's going to hate this. Like, this is going to be, I don't know. She's going to laugh. It's going to be a turnoff. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. But then it, like, started to really progress. And it felt yeah. like, oh, my God. Like She was, went over and talked to him for like, a little bit. And she's sending notes back. I know. She was yeah. sending notes back. And it was like she was kind of being coy with him. And, um, yeah, it did start to feel like like I kind of got involved. I'm like, here's an extra Sharpie. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Write write the notes on the cups before we fill them. It's easier because then there's not yeah. liquid in it. You know I mean? So when you talk about like passing the time at a bar, like that's absolutely what it was. And I felt like we had a ton of fun that night. Yeah. And it was Well thanks. That that was a great story, Meredith. Shut Thank up. Thank you so Mike. much. <laughs> no, Let but it finish. Was a part of it, you know. No, like, I'm, ju- I'm joking. That was, so. that was great. Um but yeah, I mean, definitely if you're a guy, that's a great way to like start a conversation with a girl because it like okay oh, buy her a drink yeah thanks we know no no not only are you <laughs> buying cynical. her a drink he's cynical okay oh. i need you to know that okay <laughs> because i can tell i can feel with some of his comments your angst and i want you to know like don't put up with his bullshit he has a general disdain i mean he's a general watch your mouth it's okay he's from kansas so Thank you. Kansas. There it is. You're from Kansas? I was born in Wichita. What? He's not. He's not You're from, from Kansas. He was fucking was born, born there. Give me My a break. I was born. I was born in New Hampshire, but trust me, I'm a fucking Kansas boy. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. I was just trying to be funny. So no, no, it doesn't I know. Matter. I totally, <laughs> I'm what, into the dark humor. I think it's great. It doesn't matter. But the point of what I'm saying with with Mike here is like, uh, um. You know, he, he like, for whatever re- reason, wants to check us on this particular point of, um, I'm losing my train of thought. Somebody help me. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking bubbly motherfucker. Well, I just, <laughs> okay, so this is how say. I feel about it. From a girl's perspective, if, like, you know, with all my experience with bartending and all that kind of stuff, I kind of thought it was a good point to bring up because... You know, in the day and age, like dating and trying to meet people, like we're all trying to find different or people are trying to find different ways to meet each other. And I just thought that was like a really cool, innovative sort of like not aggressive, but still like interesting way to talk to to like a girl that you're interested to. Like not only did he buy us a drink, but he made us laugh at the same time. It was like a message in a bottle. Yeah. And it was so much fun. And we loved it. And I think any girl would love it. Yeah, that's kind of cool. For the listeners, 
I will say if you're, if you're gonna buy it if you're gonna buy a lady a drink, bring a sharpie is what we're getting. <laughs> well, don't be afraid. It's a fun little addition. Yeah, and I will say as somebody on the sidelines, it was fun. Yeah, like, yeah everybody had fun that night. Like yeah. that guy, all of you guys, and it wasn't just you and Nikki, but like you guys had like a group of friends that you were all sitting and hanging out, and it was like. Ooh, what did he say now? Yeah, oh, we loved it. Oh, yeah, because they, they, they wanted to be the one that was getting the, the message written. No, yeah. my God, you are so myopic tonight. You are just like... like I just want to say... Myopic. Whoa, well, what a nice big word, Steve. Yeah, actually, it's That's a small great. word. It's only got six letters. So you <laughs> fuck yourself. But <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to make the point. You, for whatever reason, you're very gender-specific feisty tonight. And if nobody else knows Am what I? I'm saying... Like Meredith, will you vouch for him? Is is that correct, well, or is he just, just saying that? Say, I know I said that you're from Kansas, but I do think you're sweet. He is. Aww. sweet. thank you. Even though I'm from Kansas, I'm still sweet. <laughs> In fact, that's what makes him sweet. I hate to tell you. So, no, I I I just hope like saying you're from Kansas, Meredith. Like, I didn't mean it like that. I was just trying to. <laughs> I know you did, Meredith. Like, you know what turned him into an asshole? It was him living in Baltimore for six years. Oh, That's what turned him really? into an asshole. He was actually That's like, so strange. When I met him, so when I when I met him, no, no, don't listen to him. I was always an asshole. No, when I met him, he was the nicest guy in the entire world. And then and by the time he left from Baltimore to go back to Kansas, he was a son of a bitch. <laughs> I'll tell you. Well, Let me tell that's you. That's just that's just that's just coming to terms with reality, is all that is. All right. Well, Mr. Reality, would you So Mr. Reality is gonna bring us into our next our final question number yes, 10 firing and quitting stories or what we so affectionately refer to as getting getting 86 which is going to happen to all of us one day <laughs> you're all going to be 86 one day wow, wow. Are you- i'm just playing in i'm playing up on the, the you know yeah yeah it's how's halloween it, how's that bubbly feeling you know it's pretty good uh, yeah. i'm feeling it yeah yeah. Not slurring my words though so we're you good to go s- motherfucker oh. well you don't know meredith did you just break something no, no. All right. What you don't know is we've got a slap bed going that if I get too drunk on a podcast again, I've got to get slapped in the face. So it's, a I tense, feel like we, it, I feel like we need to send you a breathalyzer. I have one and I'm going to send it to you and we need to start checking this. I, I feel like as long as I can control myself and I can speak clearly, I think we're good to go. I think it's once I cross that, like when I go to hide, you know, and I'm like, and I it's can't like hardly the, speak. It's like the Supreme Court with pornography. You know it when you see it. I know it when I see it kind of thing, right? <laughs> All right. Well, number 10, firing and quitting stories, a.k.a. getting 86. Give us your and, – and, and again, it doesn't have to be you. Just like all these categories, it's, it doesn't have to be you. But it's like any great firing or quitting stories that you're aware of. So this one is about me because I took all of the questions as about me. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, but so when I was working at the golf course. Um, I knew it was going to be. A golf <laughs> I seriously, I knew it. I absolutely knew it. I, I went through, I had some rough edges, you know, I, I, <laughs> things have gotten better as I've gotten older. So at the time when I was in college, um, I was talking to a guy. And I did not choose happiness, and I decided to go through his phone. Um, mm. And he also worked at the golf course. And uh, I found out he was talking to another girl. Mm. And I also thought it was a really good idea to make sure that everyone at the golf course knew that he was talking to another girl. 
Brava. Let me say. Well, I think it's funny that you say you didn't choose happiness because that's that's a gray area, right? You know, going through somebody else's phone, blah 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 blah. But I mean, it, it kind of it's akin to ignorance is bliss. Oh, but totally. It's really not. It's really not though. I love it's. Uh, I love um, big Game of Thrones fan, and I can't remember if, the, if it was in the book or not, but. Littlefinger, they say that like, well, what you, what you don't know won't hurt you. He's like, that's a stupid saying. It's often what you don't know is what kills you. Right? Well, and, and sorry, he, that got that got off on a weird tangent, but I just mean like you you saying, I didn't choose happiness, but obviously this guy's fucking talking to another girl. You're I know, not gonna it, find ha- you're not gonna find happiness in that. No, I I totally agree with you, but it was meant in a sarcastic way. Okay, sure. <laughs> but 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 that being said, that being said, you know, I've always been um, a big proponent of uh, of uh, feeling vindicated. My mom used to tell me for years, like, you know, choose your battles, make, you know, make the right choices about the ship that you go down on. But you know what? Like in that situation, I want to feel vindicated like i'm gonna share your bullshit with everybody mm-hmm. because yeah. you fucked up yeah. yeah i yeah so um pretty much i decided that i was like all right i was mad enough about it and i decided to like take pictures of the text i like, mm-hmm. took the girl's phone number i like <laughs> i wrote cheater all over his car. I literally taped like. A <laughs> how whole... did you write? How, how did you write "cheater" on his car with a key or with a marker? No, no, I didn't. That that's one of the things I wanted to clarify with the story is I did not key his car. I did not do any permanent damage because, like, you know, I wasn't about that. It was more about the the uh, soft power involved. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. That, classy that's a classy move yeah you, you can, know you can, you can still fuck with him but you're not like causing him no i'm not gonna be violent or anything like that cool. so yeah but the best part of it was like i was like i was really tight with all of the managers they loved me you know because i would show up on time i did my job like they didn't have to worry about me so the best part of it was i did that in front of all of the members of the golf course whoa yeah like this was in the golf course parking lot Oh my and they god! Were probably, and they were probably laughing their asses off. Oh, they but they were probably were, but they were probably also like, I didn't pay for this. Like this is nasty. <laughs> they were probably like, this is ridiculous. At the same time, was not a good decision on my part. But, no, it was a great decision on your part. I couldn't disagree more. Well, my favorite part is um, when I had to go. Like the next time I came to work, my manager called me in the office, and he was like smiling really big because we had a good relationship. And he was like, "Hey, so, like." you're suspended for a week. And I was like, why? And he was like, you know why? And I was like, no, I don't. And he was like, don't make me do this. And I was like, what? You know, like, <laughs> I was like, innocent until proven guilty, yeah. bitch. Yeah, you, know? you you make me feel like we need to start videotaping all of these podcasts because yes. your facial expressions were Our priceless fans. that entire They're time. fantastic. I, I was brought, I was just thinking the same thing. I was I was in the office. I could just I could see the faces. What? Are you serious? Are you serious right now? Say it to me. Say I knew what I had done wrong, but I just wanted him to tell me. No, so no, no, no. I knew he knew you so know, that we were on the same page. 
Because mm. if he was going to call me out for something that I didn't do, then, like, I wanted to know. Listen, you may have been suspended for a week, but, but you, you 86'd that motherfucker forever. Yeah. And yes. I also love that I did that and they didn't fire me because I deserve to be fired. For you, know what they call that? <laughs> you know what they call that in the Bible? Righteous anger. What, what was it? Rice's Ra- anger, Steve? I'm not drunk. <laughs> Rice's. Is that what you said? Rice's anger? You son of a bitch. I'm going to slap you. I had teeth pulled. I had teeth pulled. <laughs> You're going to get dry socket. I can't quite longer. talk the same way. All right. Rice's anger. There we go. Yes. I had to pull my gun. Rice's anger. <laughs> anger. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh man! All right, it's time to clean up. I think. <laughs> I think you're right, Mike Meredith. You absolutely crushed it. What an amazing, amazing run through the gauntlet. I had a ton of fun. Me too. You know, I learned a lot too because a lot of the stories were about people and places I know, but I didn't know. And that's a wonderful <laughs> thing about this pod is the surprises. So, yeah. um, so we we do this at the end of every pod. We call it our cleanup. We say, "How's our driving?" That's what, you know, that's what we call it. So um, this is where we ask our guests for any recommendations, okay? This could be things that we should be asking on the show. This could yeah, be... Some, something that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to. Right. Rest- but, but it can also be just like food and uh, drinks, bars, recommendations that for, for all the listeners, something about the industry that you want to get off your chest. It could be as simple as there's a place in Baltimore that you love that you want people to know. It does yeah. not matter. So this is your time to shine. You can tell us anything that you want about the show. Um, okay, so I think a fun question to add would be, like, what's your favorite bar, depending on what location you are? Okay. I think that's a good, nice plug, because, like, being in the serving industry, supporting the industry. Like, Which one's your favorite bar? Yeah, like, we have friends, and so, like, sometimes it's a good opportunity to, like, plug other bars that you really love, mm-hmm. the service, or, the, like, the other people that work there. Um, the food, whatever. That's definitely this category. So, what's your favorite bar? Yeah, yeah. What's My yours? favorite bar. Oh gosh. You don't have to say Dallas. It's okay. We you know, go. Racers is probably. Mine. Oh yeah, girl. The fact that they have p- at the piano. Oh, stop it. Yeah, I, I really. What's love a piano that bar? Place. No, it's just like um. How would you? I'm gonna let you describe it. So, Racers is cool because it's divey. Um, which sure. are my favorite type of bars. Yeah, um, us too. Uh, but, you know, in hindsight, they did redo it. Um, it's still in the flavor of Divey, which I, I appreciate, but a little nicer than it was. It has a really great side room with pool tables. It has an old piano. It's a little sort of like out of tune. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, it's, it's a smaller bar. Um, yeah. There's not a lot going on, but like, I don't know. It's just, it's homey. And then I, I homey is a great word. Yeah. And I especially great appreciate word. the back. Whereas like, if you go completely through the bar, there's a huge like outdoor area where there's like, it feels, it feels less of a patio and more like a backyard. Yeah. It feels it, like you're at somebody's house yeah. drinking. Oh, totally. It's super cool. I love that. And there's, um, what is it called? The cornhole. They have everything. They, they have, have like the fire pit. TVs they have the stage. Outside. They got everything. Yeah. It feels like somebody's backyard. Yeah. Do you know what it does it for me? Like, I'll give you my top three. Number one, they have amazing craft beer for being like the shit dive bar. Yeah. And they have that big board. I love the board. They have the big giant. They Ugh. have this 
Mike, they have this giant chalkboard that I runs floor that. to ceiling. I mean, it's easily, what would you say, 40 feet by 40 yeah, feet? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. enormous. Where, where's this bar at? Two minutes from my house, from the Berwick okay. Berwick Mansion. I just, it, from what you're describing, I feel like uh, Brian and Tom and I. Brian and Tom and you have been there. I've actually been yeah. there with you. Because I remember so. being outside. Uh, in, you know, Out back, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. they, the one thing is they're very committed to really cool craft beer. In fact, they actually, this is sacrilegious, but they have a lot of things, a lot of beers that I like that Doss doesn't get. Yeah. They get very exotic with the beers they keep in. Number two, they have the pool table. Number three, they have the piano for me. And number four, it's never that busy. I love that. And I like that. Yeah. You know, it's not, it, it must not be great to be a bartender there, you no. know, because you're not necessarily making the most money in the world. But it's never that busy. And if there's like a kicker on the backside that like just gives this bar like a little extra boost, they have Kino. Oh, I love Kino. They have fucking Kino. Kino's So you fire, can gamble bro. too yeah, on Kino's top of that. Great. I love racers. Yeah. So that's, that's a great recommendation. We might have to profile racers this week. They're, yeah, they're such yeah a, well, good luck because you haven't posted shit for fuck like two you. weeks, motherfucker. Fuck you, asshole. <laughs> so I also love that. And then since y'all are from – from the area that I, you know, in Baltimore, the Bloody Bucket. What is that? Mm. No. Is that a is that a Wiccan bar? Huh? Oh no! Is that a Wiccan bar? A Wiccan bar? Yeah. No. You know they're pagans. Like you I'm got her sighing again. That you are you a Wiccan? Consider me a Wiccan. Are you a Wiccan? <laughs> All right, ignore him. Uh, no, okay. I want to. <laughs> what is the bloody bucket? Because I don't know. It's that. a great dive bar in Hampton. Where is that? It's um. God. Is it new? No, it's old as shit. It's the bloody bucket. The bloody bucket. It, Mike and I lived in that neighborhood for almost six, I know, seven years. That's why y'all don't know it because you're not from Baltimore. Fuck you. Oh, <laughs> shit. Damn. Where is it? Kansas boys is getting talked so, about. So it. it's right where um. I, off the top of my head, where the um, god damn it. Tell me what's next to it, cause I can. <laughs> it's literally right under the Jones Falls. Oh, okay, so it's down. It's right next to um, I'm so I'm no, 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 no. It's, 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 is it uh, is it right next to uh, Biroteca? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know okay. So I do. Yes, it's I. It's like do the know. alcoholics bar. Yes, yeah. I do know the bar. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah, great bar. Yes, yeah, so I I never knew the name, but, but I've been there before. It doesn't have a name. It, like on the outside, it physically doesn't have a name. Right, because it's right next to the, it's yeah. right in between Beer Tech and Blue yep. Pit. Yep. It's right there. Mike, you've been to Blue Pit, the, the barbecue. But that's what's great about it, is it doesn't have a name. Okay, so it's but off the main street. So I'm going right. to. It's Bloody Bucket. Gotcha. I'm coming back. I'm coming back Thanksgiving weekend. And we're going to the Bloody Bucket. Actually, Thanksgiving week, and I want to go to the Bloody Bucket. And then I'm. And, and then... I want to perform a Wiccan sacrifice. Right, and then I'm going to get. Ceremony. And then I'm going to give you a Bloody Butthole. Um, all right. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So this is our wrap-up. Closing questions. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you better wrap it up, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, jeez. Two hours. Um, so, listen, we always like to close our podcast with the same question. Mike, do you want to tee it up for the final question sure. here? So, one of our closing questions is, why do you still do this, a.k.a. why do you fucking hate yourself? I love that you posed it that way. Yeah. I hate <laughs> because that's his business. I know. So, you know, for me, I would say I am one of those people, like, I love, I'm constantly curious, 
And for me, like the service industry has been an environment where I can, you know, provide for myself first off because I do take care of myself completely. Like I don't have help from anybody and um, not really thankful for that. But at the same time, it's also been like an opportunity to learn about my community, um, especially working at a place like Das Beer Hall. Like I don't think everyone understands how important that bar is to the community. Yeah. Um, Parkville and Kearney specifically is just, um, it, they've needed that. They've needed a bar that's like a neighborhood bar. I remember in college going to like visit friends in different parts of like the country and like going to like their local bar and being like, wow, this is so cool. Like, you know, everyone here and being like, I don't, I have that. And they needed something with a little bit of life there. You know, there's so many places in this area that are maybe legacy bars. And I only say I. I do not say legacy as a compliment here. I'd say legacy in the sense that they've been there yeah. 20, 30, 40 years. And this neighborhood needed something to inject a little bit of life in. Oh, it, it totally did. And, um, you know, DOS, for everything that it is, like, you know, it, it it's just a great place. Like, I love my coworkers, my managers. They respect me. They respect my skill set. And like it makes me want to do a better job as a server. So, We're blessed. Yeah, We're so blessed. We really yeah. are. Like I know, <laughs> like we say that in the group chat all the time. We really do. Like blessed, like God bless. But like we are, and like with working here, I often wonder whether I could work at another bar. Like if if I quit, then no, I've actually. I don't know if I could work anywhere else. I've got something that that's it's it's been ubiquitous for everyone that's um, been on the podcast that served at DOS is there's obviously something really special going on there that all the people that work there, they love being a part of that family. And that's really what it seems like it is. And every time I've gone there, I've had a great time. Once I found out that I could uh, actually influence the shitty music that was playing long, (laughs) then, then then it really became a good time. But um, you guys obviously have something really special and uh, a really communal experience there. And, it's something I think that is really unique that a lot of people who work in the service industry don't ever really get to experience. So yeah. yeah it really shows through, through all of your testimony from, you know, yeah. what you feel like uh, going through working, working at that place. Yeah. And it's like, obviously it's a, like, it's just, it happens naturally, you know, it's just, I love, like if I was being micromanaged, it would ruin it. Well, that's, that's the interesting thing about it is it's so organic. Like the feeling that we like, I have Meredith has anyone else that works here. I mean, like Val was obviously on the pod before Mm -hmm. it's, um, you know, I've been in this business 17 years and I've never, I've experienced this maybe one more, one other time, but it it didn't, it never, Steve is so fucking drunk right now. And I love it. No, no, I, I, I no, I experienced, he is, he's a little drunk. He, I'm telling you, I've done this podcast with him many (laughs) times. I am too. You know, it's it's a champagne. I've experienced this one more, one other time. It's a champagne. No, I have, I've experienced this kind of respect one other time, but I didn't have the longevity that I had with with this place. Well, you know? where do you, where do you think, it, where do you think it starts from? Do you think it's from? Oh, it's Scott. It's Scott. Oh, totally. It's Scott Mel. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's so simple. Like, um, if, if anybody wants the keys to unlock a great bar, 
It mm-hmm. starts with the owners being decent people that understand that the bar business is about bringing people back. And it's not about nickel and diming. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the great things about um, the owners of the bar that we work at is they, yep. you know, if we're short staffed, guess what? They pick up a bar shift. You, you've they said jump that multiple there. times. Get, yeah, get, they're, in, sure. they're in the trenches right. with you. Guess yeah. what? If there's something uh, tragic happening in that person's life, they get involved. Like, yeah. um, you know, uh, if, if a customer, good or bad, good or bad, gets online and interacts with the bar, they aggressively interact with them. I'm, yeah. And I'm talking like for good or bad, they go down the rabbit hole with them. Yeah. And it's, there is, there is a, a, just a level of caring that I have rarely seen. And so just, it sounds like they're, they're passionate and they care about what they do. Oh, yeah. They do. And, and, you know, and, honestly, and I feel like they, I feel like they attract people who feel the same. You know, and it's, it's like you were saying, it's like you were saying earlier in the podcast or in this episode, at least, um, the people that don't jive with that, the people that don't fit in, they just, they, kick it, out. They, it's, it's like, really a, they're like, a, they're like, a oh, so, they, it just kind of naturally, they get worked out of the equation. I, I've never been at a bar in my entire life where hiring is so easy. Because like, no, I mean, dead serious. Like when we hire, when we do hire people, like we know within 30 minutes if they're going to stay. Like it really is like that crazy. Like we know within 30 minutes, oh my God, like this person fucks. Like they. they, (laughs) Yeah, that's the word. It's like deep down in your soul. It's like, yeah, they fuck. They they get it. They get it. (laughs) Literally is that. Like it's literally that. They get it or they're out. They're out. They're out. Deep down in your soul. They fuck. It's because like. It's no knock on them. It's no knock on them. It's just like you don't, you don't get it. No. Like you just don't get it. And that's fine. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, so, so fucking. So when you think. That person fucks. That's a negative thing. No, no, that's no, a good thing. No, 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 that's a good thing. Okay, that's what. That's yeah. why. That's why I initially thought. Yeah. We want them. Yeah, they, to they fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Okay. We want. That's what I thought, but I thought I got lost yes. in the in the conversation there. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. No. No, that, but it's, it, yeah, no, it's a special. It's a special. No, John over there. No, no, he fucks. He fucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's great. Yeah. That's All great. right. Well. We, we're going to bring it to the end here. Meredith, bravo. You've absolutely crushed it tonight. We are so happy that you came on the pod. I love the stories. We're, we're I, so happy you stayed on the pod after Steve didn't answer the, the fucking door for 45 minutes. I'm happy you stayed on the stoop hey. for 20 minutes and kept calling me. You know? <laughs> um, all right. So this is our closing question. Uh, we've already done the, you know, uh, you know, why do you still do this? Right. And okay. it's because you really seem to have a love for this business. And yeah. like, and I, I think it's the, it's the, um, not, not creativity is not the right word, but it's the exposure. It's all the things that this industry has introduced you to. Yeah. It's like all the new, like new possibilities, new people and like all this stuff. But, um, our final question is always, if you opened a bar, what would you call it? Or what would the theme be? Ooh, what would the theme be? Hmm. I know it's a tough one. I probably should have prompted you a little bit more with this. No, I, I kind of like when we don't prompt people because when we don't prompt people, we get answers from like Tony Castino, who's like, I don't want to open a fucking bar. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of, I kind of like that. We, we give you the outlet, but like, these are kind of off the cuff. You know what I mean? Cause this is something that maybe you don't want to open a bar or maybe in your mind, but it's visceral. You you've thought, even if you haven't really actively right. thought about it, you see in your mind, like the kind of bar you'd want to run. And I feel like it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's really organic. It's something that you don't have to be prompted for. Yeah. So I think for me, 
um, if I was going to open a bar, it would probably be a bar that, like, um, I don't know, it's just, like, really heavily focused on, like, music. I don't want to say it's, it's like, a venue by any means, but, like, it's a place that could probably have, a, like, have artists play if it wanted to. Um, yeah. But just, like, a place that, like, really emphasizes, like, local um, yeah. local artists and, like, also just, like, I don't know, really good music. Like, I probably would – I would love a bar that was, like, like just, like, exclusively played, like, old Grateful Dead, like, old Fish. Like, oh, she's a deadhead. Oh, you would, you and Brian would get along. You got to yeah. listen to Yeah, I mean, I would just – I would love 10. a bar that's, like, exclusively focused on just, like, like old bluegrass, like, all that kind of yeah. stuff. I feel like that would be a really good place to culminate a really good community – and yeah. just like I, I also kinda, artists too. Yeah, no, and I kind of think like um, so Fells Point, which is obviously dear, near and dear to our hearts in Baltimore, it's a big music district, and there's a lot of places that have music, you know. But um, there's Horseshoe Kimana, and we had yeah. um, we had one of our good friends, Sid Borchman, who was like, you know, she was a bartender for Horse for a long time. Horses calling is, you know, their calling card is that they have. Uh, uh, musical acts seven days a week. Yeah. So I would love that there was maybe like even a county bar yeah. that could stock like seven days a week live music. And I, that would and I feel awesome. like, or just like and, and, play live shows. Like there's so many good shows that are being like done these days. Like I would love to go into a bar and like be enjoying happy hour and being like listening to like the, right. la- the latest. It does feel like COVID killed that a little bit. Well, like, yeah. Like I would music. love to go into a bar and listen to like Billy Strings like show on Friday and then listen to the whole show and then have like you know like I, I would love like the proliferation like have everything be the same as like a normal bar but like we exclusively play like live and then to the side bars. there's a stage and going then off. there would also be a stage right know? so we're doing our happy hour we're doing yeah. our food and then to the side there's yeah. just like this just this yeah. cut of like good music just a little, be awesome. little place you know i dig that yeah and no, it's like I, I totally stuff. resonate with that because if i ever opened up a bar i would have to have a lot of control over the music that was played there so I, I respect that. I really do. Are you going to be in D.C. on the 19th to see Del? Del McCurry? Yeah. We're all we're all going to the Del McCurry show. Oh, because Del Fest didn't happen? Well, no, no. Del Fest did oh, happen. Well, they did a late Del. They did a late Del. But they, uh, Del's playing like a... Um, but Del uh, Fest didn't happen this year. No, they, they did. They did a Del Fest light. They did a Del Fest light in September. I didn't know that. Where? Oh, just the first week of September. They did a Del Fest light. But... um. Del- like, what, no, I, I'm intense about it because I. I no, I, no, I know I you're a big Del- you're a big Delfest fan, and and that's actually really how Mike and I fell in love was going to Delfest. So what was Delfest like? So um, they so, did like so a- Steve and I fell in love. Everybody was yeah, going to Delfest yeah. like. So, what? No, no. So um, <laughs> in, in lieu of doing like a full Delfest show, they did like a small Delfest concert in still at, at Del in Western uh, Maryland. No, it wasn't at the oh, same it, venue. Yeah, it was, it was a in, different venue. It was in uh, Northern somewhere. Virginia, right? Northern Virginia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was right. in Virginia. Oh. But I'm just saying, Dell is... It's going to uh, be in D.C. Del is playing in D.C. on the 19th. I'm flying into Baltimore on the 19th. And Steve and I are going to do go some back. fucking... You guys we're going to do come. some episodes together again in the flesh. Where is I'm he just playing saying, we're gonna, 
uh, someplace in DC. I don't know. Not yet. the anthem, just, but like a big, a bigger God, venue. I, yeah, I just, I feel like I have to intru- introduce you to Brian and people. God damn it, we've. I'm, I'm, I'm rambling now, but yeah, we're, we're gonna be another... here. But the point no, is, come gonna... to Dell. Come to Dell. <laughs> okay, I'll come. Come to Dell with us. That's that's what we're really trying to get. Son of get a to bitch. Here, but, um, no, for sure. Meredith, it was awesome, and um, you know, I I didn't know that the entire pod was all leading to this moment, but um. I'm so happy you came on. I hope you had a great time. Yeah, guys, thank you. What amazing, amazing uh, cocktails. I am clearly a little, uh, like, dragging (laughs) right now. Hey, it's (laughs) it's cause for celebration, man. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, There's only one way to end. uh, uh, Whoa. Only one way to end this show. Only only one way to end it. There's only one way to end the show tonight, folks. Mike, say bye to Meredith because I got the closer. Bye, Meredith. Okay. Dell, yeah, motherfucker. Dell, yeah. Dell, yeah. Dell, yeah. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening along. We really hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, we release new episodes most weeks. Big shout out over to our friends at Trauma Parlor whose song Fast When You Heard Throughout the Show. You're actually listening to it right now. If you dig the song, go check them out. They're on Facebook, they're on Spotify. Show them some love. That's right. And if you want to be one of our regulars, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BRP Drink Along. You can listen along at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify at the Bartender Rant Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review because we really need the personal validation. We absolutely do. I'm craving it right now. And if you want to be one of our VIP listeners, please subscribe to the Bartender Rant Podcast on Patreon. VIPs are always going to have a seat at our bar. You're going to get access to our bonus content, you'll have a chance to vote on new episode content, and you're going to receive a 10% discount on all of our merchandise. And if you want to be a big tipper, a.k.a. one of our bozels, feel free to make a donation on PalePay. Whoa, whoa. I'm Make it on Pepe. You were doing so good, Steve. Feel free to make a donation on PayPal under the Bartender Rant Podcast at gmail.com. Look, Mike and I do this because we love the service industry and we want to bring you great content, but this is not our day job. With your help, we can keep the stories coming and interview bartenders from coast to coast. And as always, don't just listen along, drink along. If you or someone you know is struggling with alcoholism or substance abuse, please contact SAMHSA's National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. Their National Helpline is free, confidential, 24-7, and 365 days a year. Look, we love you guys. We really appreciate listening along, but more than anything, we want you to stick around. And you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. So if you do need some help, Please reach out to the International Helpline. If you're an international listener, please just get online and find a helpline or a help center near you. And as always, Steve and I are happy to talk to anyone. If you need just somebody to, to talk to or vent to, we're happy to be there for you. We can't offer you any professional help, but we really do appreciate you guys being a part of this podcast. And we want you to stick around. And Steve and I are happy to help in any way that we can to make sure that that happens. So thanks again, guys. We love you. And we'll see you on the next episode.
bitch put the lotion in the fucking basket. 